All right, Atomic Zero fans, I'm your host, James Bond. Happy 2024. I'm finally back. I have a couple of new announcements going on this year. Uh, I've got some new equipment. I'll be taking this show on the road. I'll be doing some live interviews here and there at a couple of bars and, you know, just in the car and out and about. So I do look forward to doing a couple of new things this year that I didn't get to do last year. But I kind of been on hiatus for, you know, all of December and just trying to put stuff together. So I'm looking forward to the new year for all those, you know, Atomic Zero fans that, you know, have been staying truthful to me and just have been there for me throughout this whole time. And I thank you so much. Uh, but that being said, I'll I'll add a little bit more in, in the comments and the description for those to, you know, uh, catch up with me and whatnot. But today I wanted to bring back an uh, old guest I have not had a chance to talk to. His success has been by far one of those most inspirational that I like to always uh, keep track of. And I'm so happy that he reached back out to me. Uh, I've got Marlon D and, uh, you know, the the host of MD Podcast. He's getting ready to release a new album and uh, we're just uh, catch on up with him. Hey, my guy, how are you doing, brother? Welcome back to the show. What's happening, James? Good to hear from you, man. Man, I am amazed at how long the time has passed since the last time I talked to you. Yeah. For sure, bro. Time goes fast, huh? Well, no, dude. I'm serious. So last time I talked to you, um, you were getting ready to release one of your new uh, music videos. I think it was, um, what was it? I, I believe it was the, the one with your nephew that was in it. Um, it wasn't my nephew. But it was just a kid that I was, it was in the scene. Um, yeah, man. Change is going to come. That was Yeah, change is going to come. That's from my album, Act 2. Yes, yes. Damn, I was doing it last night, huh? Word. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, right when I talked to you, it was 2020, uh, I think it was, like, what, September, November, around that that period, we were just, we were in the beginning or the cusp of COVID, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Music is, uh, music's back and alive now, right, would you say? Yeah, man, um, when we, when we last spoke, um, Act 2 came out in August. So that's around the time maybe three months after that's when we spoke. Mm-hmm. And, um, all the, at the time, all the shows were canceled, so a lot of a lot of my energy was spent in the studio, um, just creating content online. And October twenty twenty was probably the time that I started MD Podcast. I know we'll talk about that tomorrow, but you know, I just been since we last spoke, I've still been dropping albums every year. If, if I didn't drop an album, I, I definitely dropped a mixtape. And uh, I've just been hitting the road nonstop since we last spoke, man. As soon as the venues opened up again, and as soon as the shows were not canceled no more, I went back out there again, man, you know? Man, I'm so happy to hear that you didn't give up on, on that. A lot of people had uh, changed direction with where they were going or or, or um, even, like, changed careers during this period. So I'm really happy that, you know, you, you, could, you stuck it through. And I'm also really happy to, you know, watch you grow your podcast as well. Thanks, man. Thank you. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, like, tell me a little bit about the the adventures of, of you know, keeping up to music as well mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, maintaining a, a, a podcaster profile. Yeah, man. So as far as the shows, like, as an indie artist, I feel like if I do two to three shows, maybe two to three, four shows a month, that's a successful month, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the albums and making and, and staying in the studio... Um, it's always been a routine of mine to just stay in there. I keep, keep, you know, like, I just feel like the more I get in the studio, the more I keep, I keep getting better with the craft. And mm. as far as the podcast, 
I pre-record my episodes still. I still drop an episode every Friday night. Nice. Um, I feel like season nine, I I've gotten like some real good guests, like um, Peter Spiver, an Academy Award-winning um, director for hip hop documentaries. Um, I got a chance to interview Taylor Swift's former manager. Nice. Um, I also got a chance to interview the audio engineer for like the Tribe Called Class albums, the Roots, Erica Badu, Carmen, uh, D'Angelo albums. Uh, his name's Bob, Bob Power. Uh, I got a chance to interview some heavy hitters as far as the music scene in the Bay Area. Uh, uh, Anne Marie Sarabo from One Voice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I got a chance to interview Be Cool and Danu from The Visionaries, uh, all for season nine, man. So I'm, I'm still trying to make moves, trying to try get the podcast bubbling. And I'm grateful for any guests to hop on, uh, you know? I'll be there shortly, bro. I'll be there shortly. <laughs> No, uh, I I really enjoy all the um, the podcasts. I I caught the last one, um, and you know I I always love the tone and the the flow of, of just podcasting uh, and just hearing how you're you know interacting with people as well. So I mean I I, I think you know you're very fortunate you know like being out out in LA and that in that whole area and stuff like that. There's all these people passing by left and right. So I mean I'm I'm amazed like you know to hear like so. Like when you know back like before pandemic, would you say it was like two or three shows that you used to do, or would you say that it was like, you know, like one a week almost? Yeah, I'm actually out here in San Diego. So, yeah. Um, uh, before the pandemic, yeah, I would say, man, like once a week, once every two weeks. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Then 2020 happened and everything was canceled to like mid 2021, and oh, then, but man. as soon as it opened. Yeah, it was it was canceled for a while, dog. It was a good while, but as soon as you know the venues opened up again and the COVID regulations eased up, it mm-hmm. was back to normal. It was back to the road, you know, from LA to Inland Empire, Orange County, San Diego. Um, just just really been attacking Southern Cali for sure. You know, I got a chance to do some shows in the Bay Area, uh, Santa Cruz. Um, I got a chance to do a show in San Jose recently. Um, you know, next so time yeah. when you come back out, I gotta, I gotta come back. You know, I gotta get out there and buy you a drink, San Jose or the Bay, anywhere in the Bay. Yeah, I'll have yeah. to catch you out here. I got a chance to do the Bay Area maybe two days before Christmas. Oh um, shit, San Jose. Yeah, um, it was a, it was an art exhibition that this photographer drew. That this photographer threw. Her name is Laura, and the name of the documentary series was called Artists with Mental Illness. Hmm. And the ex- the experiment was she mailed us a Polaroid camera and she wanted us to take a picture on how we perceive our mental health, on, on how we really feel inside about hmm. our mental health. And to also take one more picture on how we want to perceive on the outside world. So <laughs> take a picture on how we really perceive, how we want to be perceived but take a picture and describe how her mental health really feels inside. Mm. So when we took these pictures, man, she got a chance to put it up as a gallery. As a gallery. And um, I got a chance to do a 15-minute set at a spot called uh, Current Tattoo in San Jose. Nice. Um, so I've been trying different things like that, man. I'm trying to get involved in the community and trying to bridge uh, hip-hop and mental health together, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, when you uh, uh, when you came on up for for that, like the the pictures that you the two pictures you had, which which one did you um, 
how did you how did you go about taking those pictures of yourself and how and uh, how you perceived yourself? So how I wanted to be, so how, how I wanted to be perceived from the outside world is of course MC uh, uh, as an MC the the artist the rapper the performer you know mm-hmm. so that's how I took a picture of me on stage with the mic but mm-hmm. how I, how I really felt inside I took a picture of me like covering my head as if I was getting jumped you know like oh like, covering my head covering my face because sometimes you know. Everybody that participated in the series pretty much explained what kind of mental health issues we're dealing with. And, and a lot of us was really talking about anxiety and depression, man. And um, so pretty much, bro, it, my mental health can feel like I got some chaos and turmoil going on inside me. Mm. And the only way to really ease that and express that is through music. So... um so yeah, I wanted to capture both, you know. Yeah, um, I was uh, listening to your new album, uh, and thanks for you know uh, giving me the honor of listening to it ahead uh, ahead before a lot of other folks. Yeah, uh, man. Sure. And, no, it was it was really cool. I I, um, I had a couple of my coworkers, um, and um, you know we were just playing it on the way home. They're like, "Who's this?" I was like, "This is a, a guest I'm getting ready to interview," and. Um, you know, I hope you guys enjoy, you know, like the, the, some of the homework that I have to do sometimes to, you know, make sure that, you know, it, it it's everything that I love about being in a podcast or doing any type of podcast. It's all that extra research that you go behind and, you know, you just try to gather what you can and, and just, uh, you know, go from there. Um, for me, I like one of your your songs that kind of stuck with me on the drive home when I was listening to it the first time. I was like, worst days. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know yeah. i was like you know and 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 you know when you when, when you when you sent that out to me and stuff like that, i was like this is like really hits close to home to the holidays amen sir and i was like where do all the black sheeps go bro ah i love it i love how you really connected to that song man yeah well i mean the you know i i was reminiscing of like times past in my life where it's like you know when you're out you know you're not you're far away from home you know nowhere near it and, you know, and holidays are around and you kind of just wonder, like, where am I going? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so I, so like when you were writing this, what did you uh, like what, you know, transpired from that? Like, you know, what, were you, what was going through your mind? Like, you know, putting all those thoughts on to paper. So first of all, I want to give a shout to my partner in crime and Transformer, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Rugged Spitter. Um, I got, you know, from October 4th till about January. We've just been working, and we got two albums done that's still in release. The first album, man, it's nothing but hip-hop and reggae. But mm-hmm. the second album, it's nothing but hip-hop and punk rock and rock and roll. So when he first was making this beat, he was layering, layering, all, the, um, layering all the instruments instruments down. I wrote, we, we were in the studio for this song maybe two days before Thanksgiving. Maybe oh, wow. Maybe two days before Thanksgiving. So the holidays was really weighing heavy in my heart because Thanksgiving is coming up, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to share, like, I'm going to be vulnerable here, man. Like, uh, you know. Um, You're safe with me, bro. Yeah, and I know this will be out on the podcast, but it's all good. It's my truth, you know. Uh, I love my family to death, but it's not always perfect. So I definitely have my holidays where I didn't go home and visit them. And I definitely had my holidays where I spent it alone. I, I definitely had those days, bro. So, but mm-hmm. with God's grace, with God's grace 
and the miracle, just, just through God's power and God's plan. This holiday, I actually saw my family. So, but when I was writing the song, I was thinking about all the times that I didn't. Mm. Because in order for me to write about some darkness, I got to tap in to when, when everything was kind of dark for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I can be a prideful person, man. I can be a very unforgiving person. And that's my flaw. But at the same time, I do feel like sometimes you need people like me in the world, James. Those who are sometimes you need some unforgiving people. Fuck yeah, you do. Sometimes you fucking you need those types of people in your life. Yeah. Or we need that people, we need those type of people in the world. Sometimes we need people to be unforgiving sometimes. And sometimes we need to be we, we need to be a little prideful sometimes, bro, in life. Because if we never set boundaries, I think people will always step all over us. So as, as the years are going on, I think time and age is also humbling me down and giving me some humility because I understand that life is short. I understand that any given moment, this can all be taken away. So when, when God's reminding me to humble down, I do see my family and I got to humble down because I, even though I'm prideful, I'm not a scumbag or a piece of shit. I can't fully turn my back around on family. No. Know? I, I can set my boundaries. I can be mad for a while. I can I can cut them off for a while, but I can't fully, fully, fully turn my back as if they as if they don't exist no more. So I'm I'm proud of myself, bro, for this Christmas for for making some changes in my life, man. It's, it was huge for me. Hey, man, you know, it, you know I, I will commend you. It takes a lot of courage to humble oneself. It is one of the like, the most important virtues to have just to do any of the other virtues, you know? And I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like I, I've had my past with my family and stuff like that yeah. too as well. We've all, I think we yeah. all gone through a, a, that, you know, 20 year, you know, that 20 phase of, you know, childhood, adolescence and, and a lot of the things that we misinterpret or how we perceive things to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I think with time comes that wisdom and we realize, you know, how to, you know, humble ourselves in, in, in things that we have a better grasp of over time. And I mean, I, you're, you're right. You know, it's like, I, I hate to say it like, you know, to quote Bruce Lee, it's like only through suffering, do you know, truly know who you are. And sometimes, oh, yeah. like you said, you got to tap into that dark, that really dark side of you because it's not like you're living in it, but you need to reminisce about of why you value and treasure the things that you have now and why you enjoy those things and why they're so important and precious. And honestly, sometimes, no, all the time, we have to set boundaries because if we never do, God, we're never really going to teach people how to treat us or how we want to be treated. Because yeah. Believe it or not, it's not just in family. This goes, this goes for friends. And yeah, friends, and family, everybody. I mean, it's not even yeah. that. It's, setting boundaries is one of those that, you don't it's it's hard um i've had a a conversation with a friend about it recently it's like it's hard because so a lot of people don't know how to set a boundary or sometimes people don't understand where their boundaries really are because you know we're we believe that we're very tolerant of people of Mm -hmm. of, of things and Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes you know it's like that kindness is confused for uh, a form of weakness or a form of you know weak wall of boundary on that and you know people can easily just push in and out on you Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, like it took me a long time to realize my boundaries of like why I enjoy solitude, uh, mm-hmm. and and the importance of solitude. You know, uh, of understanding it's like why, uh, I, as an introvert myself, uh, uh, at times where I catch myself is like 
no, I need to cultivate energy just to go out to see people. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, you know, like, I want to be happy. I want to, you know, give you my full attention. But like, sometimes I'm aching and, and there's pains all over my body. And I don't mean just physically, but, you know, mentally too. And it's like, I yeah, can't, I, it's like, how can I truly be attentive and truly be present, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not feeling full of it, uh, of, of, you know, good vibes, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm 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 really happy that you 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 came back. Did you um, settle some things with family as well too? Just like, op- you know, like opening the air. Yeah. So my sister is actually living in um, Wisconsin at the moment. Oh and wow. For the yeah. For the holidays, my middle sister came back home, and she, you know, we all had to go home back to Oxnard to see mom. So I got a chance to spend a couple of days there for Christmas and Christmas Eve. But after Christmas, you know, we, we all followed each other back to San Diego and we, we had a, we got an Airbnb in San Diego with my sister and my mom. And to be honest, Doug, it was probably one of the best Christmas I've had in a long time, dude. Like, Tell me your top most memorable moments. Oh, man, just watching TV with them, just watching movies with them. Man, um, the simple just, things. Just that. It's crazy, right? Like, right? Just watching movies with them, eating with them. Um, uh, just just sitting down, just sitting down with them, uh, eating breakfast with them, eating lunch, eating dinner, um, going out shopping with them. So I I realized I needed it. I needed that bro to recharge me, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I always remembered a quote from uh, um from George Carlin, and it and it it's somewhat helped me with my solitude and family and friends. And it was just one of those, it's like, I like people in small bursts. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's, it's like, but don't confuse that hanging out every day is important or, or not. It's just that it's, it's kind of like the same thing. It's not quantity, it's quality. And I'd mm-hmm. rather give quality time to, you know, family when I'm there. Cause it's like, you turn off your phone. It's like, I'm just present. I don't care about what's going on in the world. I'm just here for, you know, the ones that I love, you know, friends and family and whatnot. Usually for me, it's friends and, and a bottle uh, and a good bottle. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like when you when you keep your distance for a while from anybody, and when you when you don't come around for a while, I do feel like people appreciate you more. It's weird, but when they see you every day, they are not gonna appreciate you, and that's just human nature. But if you disappear for a good two, three, four years, oh yeah, dude, people 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 will miss your presence. And that's how- <laughs> That's what I'm learning too. You know what I'm saying? For real. Well, yeah, but it, but it also it's like if you see everybody every day, it is also a harder task on yourself. Even like you know, because uh, and I say that it's like you're working on your song or anything like that. It's harder for them to see your progression instead of hearing a story of how you progress. If they're seeing you every little day as you're constantly editing and and changing things, they they might just think that you're just doing your normal stuff, but they don't know those you know, trials and tribulations that, you know, one goes through every day in it, day in and day out. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's, uh, that goes to your next song that I like crazy how it works. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, uh, I, I was going to say, it's like, um, how did you get a, uh, how'd you get a hold of, uh, AKA, uh, rugged spitter, uh, for, uh, formerly known as transformer? So yeah, man, speaking of the pandemic, um, mm. around the time of 2020, uh, one of my good friends, Reef, 
we were just chopping it up one day. And, and you know, this is when everything was closed. So, like, you guys had to be apart, but you guys kind of saw each other from a distance? Or, like, was this online, just chatting it up? Or My friend, we was like, we were just chopping it up, right? So, hmm. we were talking one day, and we're like, hey, where can we get our haircut in San Diego? Because all the barbers are, all the barbers are closed. Jeez. So, my, my only wreath was like, I know somebody who cuts hair. Let me give you his number. He's still cutting hair. So, he gave me his number. So that's how I met him first. So when I oh. first texted him, I said, yo, my name is Marlon D. I'm looking for a barber. So he goes, come through. So I went to his shop. Their shop was still open, but they were doing the regulations, of course. So I met him as a barber first. But as, as the conversation went on, he was like, yo, man, I make music too. I go, word, me too. So he goes, yeah, man, um, let's keep in touch. So we kept in touch. Oh, wow. When the venues opened up, when the venues opened up in 2021, he started doing some punk rock shows and some hip hop shows in in San Diego because he really started out as a punk rock artist, but he does have he, he does make hip hop beats and his mm. catalog of the people he's worked with is also extensive, you know. So he does both. So he started doing shows in 2021, and he was like, "Yo, Marlon." If you want to do a show, let me know, man. I got you. I'll put you on the bill. I'll put you on the lineup. So oh. I did about maybe five, six shows with him first in 2021. Oh, wow. Now, after the shows, we lost touch for a little bit. But, you know, we, we still saw each other online, but we lost touch for a little bit. Okay. And he was like, I go, one time I said, yo, let me, let me get you on the podcast. Let me come through and get you on the podcast. So he said, sure. So I went to his crib. I, I recorded the podcast live, and that very same night, we, we recorded our first song. And from there, dog, I started going to his house every day. And believe it or not, the first album is 15 songs of nothing but hip-hop, a little bit of reggae, and a little bit of spa, a little bit of some live instrumentation with acoustic guitars and bass lines. But the second album is like 18 songs of nothing but pure hip-hop and punk rock, rock and roll album. It, so when I listen to it, it definitely reminds, I, I can't deny the influence of like Limp Biscuit, Rage Against the Machine, Blink-182, Linkin Park, Mashing Pumpkins, like, when yeah, you that, that's, it, I, that's, yeah, what I, I, I kind of like gathered yeah. from like, from your, your, your album. Yeah, when you hear it, I do feel like we represent who, who we're influenced by too. Yeah. And, being creative is a crazy thing, bro, because I didn't know I could make a rock album, so I made one. So, oh. so, so it's kind of oh, wow. like, just, just like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And, and I'm, I'm so, I'm so amazed that, you know, you're just like, I'm committed to this. I'm going to make this happen. Yeah, man, we went to the studio every day and we got two albums done. Out of those two albums, we put out two singles through an indie label in New York called Soul Spasm. So the first single we put out was the blues and the second one, the second one we put out was Churn. Now, right now, we have an option if we really want to. We can go to the same indie label to put out this next album. But a part of this is kind of like, let's hold that a little bit and see if we can find a way better deal. If, if we can't, then we can't. But I do feel like this album does have a shot in the mainstream. So we're just trying to, we're trying to see in this ADHD world of hip-hop music and music in general, mm -hmm. I feel like you put out an album, it dies after two weeks. So 
we're trying to kind of like spread it out a little thin and just keep re releasing singles and music videos just to kind of like extend the rollout just a little bit more, you know, instead of just dropping an album right away. We just kind of want to, we want to spread it out a little bit and just, and keep no, releasing no. singles by single, you know? I think that makes complete sense just because um, we're not in an era where we used to be like in the 90s when you bought an album, where when you bought it, it was something tangible and that you can literally, you know, go in your car and just sit there and listen to the whole album and, you know, go through every single song. And I think that sometimes it's like, you know, like when we release albums nowadays, it's like some people are bombarded with a lot of songs that, you know, they're, they're all great gems and left and right. It's just that it's also hard to take on everything. So I think that's where the, the, the way marketing and advertisements changed in the music world nowadays. Um, like I, I use an example of like, you know, the cannons. Yeah. You know, like they've been around for a long time too, but like Netflix used one of their songs and now people are going through listening through their stuff and stuff like that. Right, so, so, I mean, it makes sense to release, you know, a, a, a few songs here and there because it's like that rollout is, is important because it's like, you want to keep that energy going. And, you know, it's like there, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of thoughts and, and heart and hopes and, and dreams that you put out. And it's like, I don't want you to like, miss out on uh, on like one or two songs that i was you know that i put my heart in you know yes and um we shot a video the first video we shot was lived up it's now out on youtube and it's also out on our ig pages like as far as real and um yeah man we got some shows coming up our first show oh by the way mm. our group our group name is called groundwork groundwork so okay yeah that's Marlon Dean, Rugged Spitter. We call our group Groundward. And the name of the rock album is The Hero Doesn't Win. Um, and the name of the hip-hop album is called Pull Up. So from the artwork, the artwork's already done. We did the artwork ourselves. We painted it on the canvas. So we're, you know, the name of this indie label is Dirty Dome Records, and we got a distribution deal through Soul Spasm Records. So we definitely got some indie label push behind us. And, um... Yeah, we put out two singles so far just to test the waters, and we got some good feedback, man, you know. Um, but we got about three, four shows lined up with some group these next two months, so I'm excited. So uh, when are you dropping out the, 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 the next album in February that's coming up at this point? So right now, if, if we feel like we really can't get any other better deal than the deal that we got with Soul 7, um, we're probably going to drop it through Soul Spasm in, in late February. Um, but, because this is how we feel, man. Like, this is how we feel, dog. Like, I don't know, James. Like, Spotify and Apple Music, they fucking rape the indie artists, man. Mm. We, are not, we are not getting paid their worth, bro. We are not getting paid their worth. These streams don't mean shit. And we, we miss the days. When a hip hop album was fucking tangible and yeah. you bought it and you owned it. Now, everybody with $15.99 can stream any album they want and you get paid 0 0.000023 cents on that. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, so we're holding out a little bit. We feel like, yeah, that's one way to put it out. But that's not the only way to put this out, you know. Like, well, it, it, they're not giving you any other avenues to to mm -hmm. put your work out there and pay you for your efforts mm -hmm. for that mm -hmm. for that type of content. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's been hard, and especially like you know, YouTube, for example, right? It's like 
at any given moment, they can just demonetize you without not giving you a reason. And this is our baby right now, and we would like to own our baby. We want to own our baby in, in our own, in our own, you know, distribution deal. And we, we, you know, we just want to own our own thing. And, and hey, that's what like, Prince was fighting for for years. Yeah, man. And, and and look, it's an indie, it's an indie artist dream to have any label back us up and have any label push something out for us. I absolutely but, agree with you on that. But if we feel like we can do this ourselves too, why not? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, that's how I feel too. <laughs> no, no. It, it it is one of those that it it's a conversation that needs to be had sometimes with with anybody that's out there putting out work. You know, it's like you want to you want ownership because well, it's mine to begin with, right? Or at least that's what I like to have believed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I, I um, uh, you know, putting out the these records, uh, and these albums, uh, because it's not a record anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I was saying that to a couple of friends too. It's like it's it's hard to kind of engage a lot of music nowadays with you know certain artists because you know i don't know if i'm paying them if i'm listening to their music on spotify right i don't know if they're getting any royalties or anything like that i mean yeah i paid my subscription how do i really know that to be true uh you know it's like i want to support them it's like you know it's like you got to do a little extra legwork because well you know like they're not telling you where like you can buy them a cup of coffee or something like that right like uh or buy you know chip in money or just donate anything to that that's like you as a fan have to do the extra legwork there was a clip there was a clip where even even Snoop Dogg was was complaining about spotify now correct me if i'm wrong i forgot the numbers that he said but he was like this is bullshit you know what I'm saying like one of my songs had like 10 million streams and like i barely got like ten thousand dollars from that some something like that yeah and and he, he even Snoop Dogg is complaining about his streams, you know. So, so even the major artists are, are questioning this, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, man. No, but uh, it was the same thing, like with uh, wasn't it Matt Damon who said it a while back? Like, you know, the changing of like how whether a movie didn't do good or not, you still had a mm-hmm. chance to make up back end money with DVDs and other other uh, forms of the back end. You know, where that's where you would make you know, as an artist would make money. But nowadays, yeah. it's like, well, once you know someone's heard your thing or whatnot, they don't own anything tangible. So it's like, how how is it easy for them to to revisit your stuff? And I also find it kind of funny about our generation of where, you know, our sustainability for attention spans like less than 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is kind of hard to just remember like, oh, what was that song again? Yeah. You know, because if I bought it, it's like, well, I'm going to pop the CD in again or pop this like, uh, tape in. <laughs> I think the music industry knows something that they're not telling us. Um, I think some of the higher ups had to make this call. We will stop selling CDs and we will stop selling tapes, and we will stop selling anything tangible that can be bought. From this point on, all music must be heard through a motherfucking cell phone. Some, yeah. some, somebody made these decisions, man. So with that being said, everything has to be streamed through a cell phone. And there's something that they're not telling us, because if you notice, James, a lot of people have been selling their masters lately. Oh, really? Yeah, so Dr. Dre, Justin Bieber, a lot of people have been yeah. selling. Oh their yeah, they're masters. redoing. Yeah, they do redo their as their masters. Yeah, and they're they're cashing out, bro. A lot of people are selling their masters for like a hundred million. Like 
like I think Dr. Dre was like 200 million and I believe even mm. even Dr. Dre I think I think his catalog is worth way more than 200 million. Oh. And people are people are cashing out. Why are they cashing out? I this is my theory. Mm. With, with AI coming, with AI and everybody cashing out their masters, everybody streaming, I think they know that the music industry is about to crash. And mm-hmm. I think sooner, I think sooner or later, there will be no money in this. But there's pros and cons, James. I think in about what's the pro? Years, what's 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 the what's the pro? First off, I hope this is a pro. I because I see it as a pro for in the artists at least. Mm-hmm. I think the pro is in about twenty, maybe ten years. I don't think we're gonna need a record label anymore. Oh, what will it, what will it be at that point? I think everybody that wants to do this is going to be independent, bro. I think we're not going to need a middleman anymore. I think everyone is just going to do their own thing and utilize the internet their own way with that record labels, record companies. Everyone's going to take control of their own shit. So I think the music industry knows that's that's where it's headed. So they're cashing mm-hmm. out, bro. No, I'm, that that you know what you heard it here first. <laughs> I think something's going to happen where. No one's gonna make money from this. You know, you know, this has been lurking in the background in my mind. You know, from Matt Damon to you know Snoop Dogg, and you know, you you talking about it. It's like you know, I I really think yeah, the music industry in itself. You're right. Um, it's I I think what's gonna happen is it's gonna be the platforms that you know are gonna hold all the money. They're cutting out the middleman, but they're gonna become the middleman themselves, which is like mm-hmm. you know Spotify on its own. Like they're mm-hmm. trying to because it's like. You're right. It's like, you know, it's when you and I say at the end of the show, it's like, thank you for listening to, uh, you know, our channel and you can listen to us where, wherever you listen to your podcast for your podcast needs or something like that. Right. And it's like, what is it on? It's on Spotify. It's on uh, Apple uh, podcast. It's on Google podcast. It's on these other podcasts, you know, forums. And I mean, it's great to be on uh, across all these, you know, these for, uh, these uh, these platforms but at the same time you know like all these stages are they all owned by one person or or how are they going to collapse for the bigger company mm-hmm. at the end and i, I mean i i am weary about you know this this planet about like how we're going about the music because I, I don't know it's like if you're on a platform how far do you really reach mm. you know, that, that's also the other question right that's the, the con that i'm also looking at like mm-hmm. when you put it out, like how far do you think this is really reaching? Is it reaching just your state, just your nation? Just you know, mm-hmm. is it getting? Is it really? You know, when they say, "Are you really getting global traction? Are you really getting global no- notoriety?" You know, that's kind mm-hmm. of like makes you wonder. You know, it's like how do you know it's some kid in uh in, in like uh, North Korea listening to your music or something like that, right? Like so how would you know? I, yeah. So there's people who use DistroKid and there's people who use TuneCore. For TuneCore and, and even Spotify for artists, it, it definitely tracks where we're getting streamed at. And yeah, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting a lot of streams in Brazil, Chile, North Korea, uh, and especially like I get a lot of streams in New York, like different parts of the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting how it spreads too. Like because I'm gonna tell you one thing, James. When when we put out the video, when it came to me putting it out on my IG reel. I had like 700 spins in like one day, but the IG, it was like 87 spins. So with that being said, I also think people are lazy and they want to just click 
are the fastest accessible thing ASAP. Like people have ADHD, bro. Yeah, they no, you're right. To, they don't want to do too much work to find your shit. It's either it's either you're an IG or not. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> you know, it's you're either right. you're on Facebook. It's either you're on Facebook or you're not. It's either you're on IG or you're not. And this is what I thought about the '90s, man. This is what's cool and magical about the '90s. In the '90s, if you weren't on MTV. If you weren't on BET, the radio or TV or the Source magazine, we just didn't hear about you. Yeah, if you weren't on that major plat that platform channel, no one was getting. No yeah, one was gonna. Just, you you were getting no credit. You know, you were not gonna get known. Yeah, you were. So if you weren't on those things, you were considered underground. Now, if you were on those things, you're considered mainstream. But I think the internet broke all that, and you don't know who is who. You don't know who's underground, who's mainstream no more, bro. There's no more gatekeepers, man. It's, it's gone. Anybody mm-hmm. can do this. Anybody can do this, and anybody can put something out. Everyone and anyone. Yeah, Everyone and, quick, and anyone. Everyone <laughs> and anyone, and, you, and everybody gets a chance for 15 minutes of fame. Everyone and anyone. So, I guess where I'm at, and where I'm, I'm turning forty in about eight months, you know. So, being oh, when you get here, I'll buy you a drink. Welcome to the other side. I'm over here already. <laughs> Thank you. As a forty-year-old MC in the industry, I've seen it go ups and downs, and I've seen the changes and the evolution of how people consume music and, and listen to music. And um, it's an interesting time, bro. Real interesting time. A part of me wants to stick to my old ways, but a part of me wants to adapt to the new ways. But I think it has to be a mixture of both. You know, like, we got to take some of this shit back to the old school, man. Yeah, no. Uh, you know, like, for me, it's like, I, um, you know, being in, uh, being in the industry like you uh, for as long as I have, I still like getting a CD or some type of, like, a book, something tangible, you know, from a, an artist, a writer, you know, um, even from like some of my comedian friends that like put out little uh, uh, booklets and stuff like that, you know, like I like getting stuff uh, on yeah. that end. I don't like, you know, swiping up and swiping right or swiping down or swiping whatever I'm, I'm swiping. But like, I, 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 you know, like for me, it's like if I, you know, like, and I think that's why, you know, I do the podcast like you and stuff like that. It's, you know, like I like interacting with things that I can become more interested in because there's like more to get to get to know. And I, I, I think it's like, you know, like Limp Biscuit, Lincoln Park, you know, when you heard those guys back in the day, right? It's like, oh, not only do I want to buy their album, I kind of want to know like, like what individual, you know, per- person that's in this group that's also like contributing to this band because everybody has something to, sh- uh, to talk about. But nowadays it's like you hear a song, I don't know anybody on the, on the, in the band or anything like that i don't i don't get to know who these people are unless if they're you know sitting down at a joe rogan uh, you know podcast or something yeah man crazy man like crazy times yeah yeah, crazy times bro crazy times and as an artist it's really up to me man if i want to evolve if i want to stick to my 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 same ways so i i'm understanding the importance of both you know, there's some things that have to stay the same and there has there's some things that have to change. So for example, I still believe in doing shows, bro. I mean, you you can post a million links, you can post a million flyers. You oh, nothing beats million, live, bro. Yeah, nothing you can beats post live. A million reels, 
a million promo, like, but nothing beats a live show and nothing makes, nothing beats shaking every person's hand that went to your show. And that's how, I still believe, like, that's how you make a following, bro. That is how you make a following. You, well, you're winning, you're winning individual minds one at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's different from someone clapping and applauding for you. But, like, when you win a person individually one at a time, I think that's where, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, man, this is a lifelong fan. This is going to be a lifelong person that, you know, that I know. Because that's like, I can say, you know, I'm a Linkin Park fan. And after all these years, I can still say, like, I love Metallica. I love, you know, like ACDC and stuff like that. So it's, it's you know, it, it, it's, it also sets a tone. Uh, 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 for people, you know the the mannerism. Like if you, if I told you, like, yo, we're gonna go see Lincoln Park. You know, we we bonded over things, but we also kind of understand what we're about to get into. Now, the youth side of things, the twenty twenty four side of things, to like to connect with the youth. Mm-hmm. I do understand the importance of having online presence and internet presence. I do believe that. You know, now I I don't want to overdo it. I don't want to keep like I don't want to overdo it, but I do need to have some kind of online presence. So I got a podcast. I got there's there's online presence. I got to shoot music videos still, you know. Like so, I think it needs to be a balance of both, man. It needs to be you got to hit the road and you got to have online presence. They count. No, you're you're right. I mean. It's, I, I mean, that's kind of like why, you know, no matter what you're doing, it's like people want to shake your hand. People need to, 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 I guess it's one of those things that's like being a witness. Oh, yeah, man. You know, it, it's like, I met that guy. I know him. I shook his hand. You know, it's, and, yeah, it's totally different feels, bro. <laughs> and for anybody who stuck around to your set, anybody who stood there for all. 15 minutes of your set you better shake their hand you know like you better come up to them you better like introduce your links show them your links get the ig get you know add them on ig show them the links like Mm -hmm. you got you gotta do that man like that's why i believe in doing shows bro no i'm 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 you know in those words that you say you know it keeps you really grounded it shows the humility of you know making sure you shake those hands it's you know, like, yeah, you're hearing this show next time, you know, you hang around for Marlon D's show. Yeah, you come by and you he will come by and shake your hand if you're hanging out long enough at the end. Yeah. And talk and chop it up for a while, you know? Yeah. You'd be, be surprised, James, how many artists want to avoid the hard work of doing shows. Not everybody's built for it, bro. You know, like, some artists don't want to do it. It's weird, like. I don't know about all that. It, it, I got Do you think it's like it's easy to perform in front of a camera versus an actual audience? I just think they think for, that's for all them. there is. I just think they think that's all there is to it. I think I think that they think mm. all there is to it is online presence. Ah, uh, I, I think that's what they think. <laughs> no, no, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair because it's like, uh, uh you're. To to a good valid point, I'd say like I agree with you eighty percent of it uh, on that end because I think that there are a lot of people they realize there's an algorithm, there is a a set things that you need to do that pizzazz that you know that that glimmer and, and sparkle you know anything to catch that attention for those people that want that eye candy right and you know that online presence great but it also kind of you know like if you're not grounded where you're doing shows and stuff like that people kind of start wondering if you're a little you're a little hollow inside right 
Yeah, they may click like, they may even stream it, but you did not convince them to be a lifelong supporter. Like, you got to convince people to be a lifelong supporter. You know, like, yeah, man, that's how you build a cult following on the road. And it's it's like, only time will tell who really paid dues and who didn't. And Instagram, Facebook, and social media may be the fastest way to get it out there, but it's not the most genuine way. You know, it's not it's not the most organic way to get it out there, bro. No, yeah. you're 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 absolutely right. It's not the most organic way to do it. It's the fastest way. It may be the fastest way. So, but I I give it that it's the fastest way, but it's not the most organic. Yeah, way. but you also know it. But you and I would have you would have to agree with me that if it might be the fastest way, but it doesn't keep like you said, it doesn't keep your base. You know, at any yeah. at any given moment, it'll topple over on you. It's because you know, like because it's like all you did was gather attention for the moment. But once that that you know fireworks is over, people are just going to turn away and start going off on their own. You know, so it, it's got to be more than just the fireworks. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, they're here for the event, not just, you know, not just for the show, but uh, uh, if you know what I mean by that, I'm, I'm I'm referring it to as in like, they're here for that artist. They're here for, you know, the, the love of the show uh, uh, on that end. And it's like, if you're not, if you're not here for the live show, it's like, uh, I don't know. I, 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 that's one of the big things that I missed during the pandemic and being able to go back out to see people perform, perform. It's you know being a witness to like hey I was there for that you know and and uh, yeah you get to buy them a drink and that's kind of how I started doing these podcasts back in the day too which was literally just you know hanging out talking to people and getting to know your your local artist and you know sooner or later you you just kind of you start to know your you know your community a lot more and you feel connected from that. Amen. 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 I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, catch did, the uh, all your cons about this whole uh, about the the uh, music industry on that. What what was the other con that you, you that I I think I I kind of glossed over a second ago. So I think if the pros is we're gonna we're not gonna need we're not gonna need labels no more. Mm-hmm. There's no there's not there's not gonna be a middleman anymore. That I hope that that's a pro for the in the artist. Now, what's the con? I think one of the cons is with with no more gatekeepers, <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be a floodgate of everybody. You know, like I mean, a huge chaos, a huge chaos at the floodgates where it's hard to discern. Everybody's gonna feel like they can put it out and they should do it and they should rap and they should sing and everyone's gonna have that power. And and I think that's a con because. There's no more quality control, man. Like, I was watching this documentary about Motown Records and Barry Gordy. He saw making music like an assembly line of making cars. That's how he saw making songs. They saw it like making, like an assembly line of making cars. And and Motown Records had quality control meetings to really dissect the shit out of every song to make sure that it's good enough to be a hit. If it's not a, if it's not a hit, they're not going to put it out. Yeah. So, do you think that's still exists in twenty twenty four, bro? <laughs> no, I mean you. you Hell no. You don't have you don't have that publicist, you know, where they're 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 literally running defense for your your fuck ups or anything like that. I mean, oh man, they're they're not. I mean, yeah, like when you watch, you know, a lot of those the, how Motown or like a lot of 
the old industry, it's like, no, like the moment you're like, you're about to be famous. What? And here's what you guys are going to be doing. This guy's going to be following you around for a while. He's going to show you how to do things so you guys don't fuck things up. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, not only we're going to make you a star, we're going to keep you a star. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I, I think, I think you're right. There's a, um, since the floodgates have been open for, you know, many, you know, artists and, and um, influencers, I guess that's, the, that's the other words. Yeah, you're right. You're not getting good quality. You're not getting um, the desired effect of what you, you know, like what you're asking from content, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it, it kind of makes it harder to discern uh, or, you know, like to tell the difference between like what is really good quality when you've been seeing like 10 pieces of crap and you're finally seeing something good, but you're like, you're not really sure because so you swipe, you just swipe over from it or something. You might actually yeah. miss the gem. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, as you're saying. A lot of people say that the hip hop sales are at their, their all time low on 2024, 2023. They said for the first time more than ever, hip hop is streaming low, record sales are low, and concert tickets are low. But that's BS because I think they're talking about the new school. Because when I went to the concerts to see the old school artists like Ice Cube, E40, LL, like when I saw them at concerts, those are this packed. Year, like like Fifty Cent, Ludacris, Janet. I saw them. I saw Ludacris this year. This year. Uh, I saw so like, oh, no, that's just last year at a. Uh, I was in Vegas uh, back in uh, uh, on November in the first week of November. Went out for SEMA. Uh, immediate, yeah. I saw him. I saw him perform too, and I, it was nice to see everybody out just doing it. Yo, man, the media says that ticket sales are down. They're lying. I think they're talking about the old school. I, I'm sorry. They're talking about the new school. The old school hip-hop shows are packed like a motherfucker, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what they're talking about. I think they're still... I think they're what they're doing, maybe, from my perspective, is that they're just keeping people scared again about COVID. And, yeah. you know, and, and that's what held everybody back or, you know, stopped people from going out, uh, you know, because... You know, you know, because we're also going through a statistic of people from 2019 that used to go out, right? Like nothing ever changed. And now it's like you have a lot of people that are kind of very uh, indifferent about going out and, and hesitant on going out. So they, they just they're reluctant to do so either way. No doubt, man. But I mean, but that's but that's also a thing, too. It's like if you're not going out, how are you able to consume you know, live music and, you know, and understand your local artist. And I, I think that's one of the things that it's like, it's still good to be very grounded, you know, to your community. Cause it's like, you know, how do you, you know, how are you going to know if somebody, you know, from your own hometown is like making it, if you're not helping push them either. Yep. Yep. You know, I, I think that's a big, big part of it. It's, uh, you know, like, you know, it does not necessarily have to be your hometown, but you know, as any artist, if you're going to, you know, be in a town, you know, you have to kind of understand your community for you to thrive, for you to, you know, collaborate with other folks and stuff like that. You, it doesn't matter where you go. It's like it, as as a hip hop artist for years, you know, and you've been on the road many in many places. I know you've worked with many, many artists along the way. And, you know, it's like it's it's I know it's uh, second nature to you, but it is. It is something that you know. Like I think that a gener a younger generation doesn't understand about like traveling or going on the road trips. Yeah, man. You know, because because you know when you say when you say like I'm you know when I talk to fans and guests that you know are waiting around for me at the end and having online influence and stuff like that, 
you know, it is for you going out and about because you've traveled, you've been out, you've seen things, you've, you know, like that's humbled you. But how do you as an artist today, I would ask, if you're, you know, you're doing these um, online presence, you know, how, like, how are you able to really show a form of uh, progression? You know, because it's like, it's kind of hard to understand someone's trials and tribulations if you've never seen them on the road, right? Right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like that, that's me. That's me in my world of travel. But yes. What about you? No doubt. Like speaking of online presence, you know, like one of my most successful ones recently is that I did a cypher video with a production group called Rising Grind Cypher. It was me featured with 10 other MCs. I got the very last verse. And um, we put this out on New Year's Eve. And we are now at 47,000 spins. We're at 47,000 hits on YouTube. And the source.com, the source magazine, actually wrote an article about it. So my definition of success in, in online presence is probably that. You know what I'm saying? Like for the source to write about me, um, for the source to feature the cipher on their website, it was huge. You know what I mean? Like, like being a fan of hip hop for so long, being an avid collector of the Source magazine, that was huge for me, James. Like I was really happy about that. Hey, and, congrats, you know, brother. Thank you. In this indie life, it can feel like I lose more than I win. But every now and then I do win. And that win right there is enough to keep me going for 10 more years. I hope that makes sense, bro. Because this life that I chose, it can feel like I fucking lose more than I win, dog. Yeah, but that's the but you also know that's what's the, the that's what the testament of being a man is is that amen, you keep amen. getting back up, bro. You don't it's it, it's something that you it, you know, I think every generation, you know, is always constantly trying to teach the new generation coming up. It's like, no, dust yourself off, dust that rusty halo, bro. Get get back out there. Amen. Amen. Thank you, man. Thank you for saying that, man. It's not an easy life, you know. You, you got to have thick skin to get in this, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to be prepared for critique. You got to be, you got to be prepared for unsolicited advice. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, man. Hey, no, no, you're, uh, I mean, I'm saying that because like, look, bro, I mean, I've known you for three and a half years through, you know, another friend, you know, Chris Simeon, who, you know, uh, I, you know, shout out to him. Um, but it is, you know, like once again, it's like, I, from afar, I, you know, am meeting a community of people and, you know, it's it's being on the road, it's traveling, it's also getting, it's networking, it's, you know, like, you're trying to tell this generation, it's like, look, you know, between you and me, you know, it's like, we've been doing this for how long now, and, and just doing the podcast in itself, how long have we been doing this, you know, together, so, you know, and, and in, in tandem of each other and stuff like that, I'm like, I'm happy to see you've grown and stuff like that. I'm I'm happy where I'm at in my show, you know, and how I've been doing things, um, you know, getting to talk to people, talk about politics um, yeah. that I enjoy talking about. But, you know, a lot of yeah. it is like bringing that awareness of like of Asian American, you know, uh, stories, you know, and, and our yeah. struggles. And I don't think that anything that we say, whether we might think it's awkward or incorrect, it's. No, it's a thought and a, and a mental note about what we are going through as a struggle at the moment. And it's the same thing when I, I was looking, you know, going through your album and stuff like that. You know, it's like, you know, the, the title of Plastic World, you know, it's like, <laughs> I remember going through a phase of like, you know, like, yeah, the world's fake as fuck, you know, fuck all these motherfuckers and stuff like that. And, 
you know, but even with that, you know, ideology, it's like it, it, that thought is only able to sustain itself for a moment of time, you know, and you come back to a new reality of like, how am I going to live now moving forward? No doubt. No doubt, James. I'm proud of you, man. Mm. I'm proud of you. Bro. You're a good dude, man. Thank you. Thank you for supporting cats like me. It means a lot because this is how we spread the music. This is how we build grassroots level um, um, community. You know, like I want to make sure that I'm always in touch with the people, man. I got to make sure I'm always in touch with the problems of what's going on in society out there. I, I got to keep in touch with, with real ones. You know what I mean? That's how, that's how we stay grounded. I mean, dude, well, we started doing the show, you know, and I interviewed you, you were starting your show. It's like you did nine seasons already. You're still putting out albums that, you know, you have a body of work to show anybody. And, 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 and you know, it's like, you don't need a college degree to explain to somebody that I'm like, I'm Harvard smart, but I don't plagiarize. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know. I'm just saying like, you know, about, about, you know, what, uh, um, Claudine Gay or whatnot, but like, seriously, it's, it's not that it's like at the end of the day, uh, you know, as a podcaster, as a hip hop artist, it's about the next song. It's about that next episode. It's it's putting out work. You know, I have great intentions, but at the end of the day, it's about great works, and that's what I'm trying to complete, and that's what I'm trying to do. And 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 I hope that's the same for you, brother. Hey, man, man. You know, the podcast really started. I know with the second half of the show tomorrow, we're going to talk about the podcast. But like the roots of the podcast, it's still rooted in hip hop. It yeah. was my it was my best way to to try to flex my hip-hop journalism skills and interview my fellow artists. But as the years went on, I started interviewing my fellow mental health workers and, and artists of all genres, from directors to authors, uh, teachers, nurses, especially during the pandemic. Like, the stories of us Americans that survived the pandemic, it was a, I, I just know that this is something that I probably have to capture and look back on for the rest of my life. Like, because we were living through history, man. And like, I don't know, James, for all of us who survived the pandemic and that's still alive today, in a spiritual sense, I feel like God gave everybody a second chance, man. No. Because not, ev not everybody made right. it, James. No, you're absolutely right. I feel like it's our second chance, bro, to do what's right, you know? If, the, if, if that's what it takes to remind people, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, understand that the second chances matter. They, they count. Oh, man. That's what it people to wake up when everything was taken away. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> taken away or others realize this isn't what I want. You know? Oh, yeah. It, it's, and, and I think that's kind of like why, you know, I continue to do the show because it's like, no, it's, I'm tired of like things that aren't happening and I want to change those things. And this is what I want. So this is what I'm like me being vulnerable. Like you said earlier, right? It's like, no, I'm putting it out there. You know, we, we, that's yeah. what we do. We, you know, we open our hearts, you know, on our shows and in our music and in our performance, everybody does those things because at the end of the day, that's what that's about. You know, it's, it's putting it out there. Whether, yeah, whether, yeah. You, whether you're, you know, like paying attention or not, like, people are everybody's putting it out there every day and you know but the question is is it their heart and soul or is it just because i want to make riches and i think that's and then that's what we're 
you know, we are fighting because we're fighting the all the, you know, the color and the glam, but we're, you know, but, you know, but for those that are refined and enjoy, you know, real genuine article, the real taste, you know, that's what we, that's, that's what life is really about living. It's, you know, I, I feel like that's, a, that's something Bruce Lee would say, <laughs> you know, the genuine article, you know, that's about, that's about being real, right? Being real. Yep, yep. You know, and you're a real motherfucker, though. That's all I must say. This Mike, this guy here, you know, Marlon D. You know, you you've been putting it out for you know last couple of years, and you know you're still doing it. And you know, like through all the trials and tribulations that you've gone through, I'm you know, and the music that I've I, I've heard on, you know, you march on like that song, you know. But you got to roll that die, you know, rolling the dice is one of those things. It's like you got to take your chances, you know, because. You know, no one's helping you do that, right? No, nah, man. You know, trials and tribulations. It's also like, you know, James, like you ever feel like you ever feel like in order for us to really understand what manhood is, like life is going to put us through some shit to, to understand <laughs> what you think manhood is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we're going to go through some tasks, man. And like it's not easy. It's not easy, dog. It's it not is. being. It's not easy being a man, and and it's not easy being a lady either. But at the end of the day, you know, and and I hear it in your voice. What you just said, you know, being whoever you are, you're about to go through fucking hell, and you're gonna go through some suffering, and you're like, and you look at it dead on and say, "Bring it." Yes. Yeah, that's 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 my take. That's my take when I go into a fight or in a duel or anything. I'm like, I'm I'm confrontational in my own way too, you know. And and yeah. and, and, and you know that that's a level of those, you know, like what I talk about, you know, when I talk about Asian Americans, you know, sometimes we're yeah. not confrontational enough. And you know, like you know, we deal with you know these these three major things. I always say the you know securities, insecurities, and you know, and confrontation. You know, the avoidance issue. And I'm like, no, we are, we've been here, we've been rooted, we've been grounded, and we've been here for more than 100 years. And as all Asian Americans should know, it's like, no, we have every right because we're a part of this history. And I have a story to tell too. And you have a story to tell too. So don't be ashamed. Don't feel whatever out of your way about it. And, and, and you know, that's what I, I always try to put out to every you know, artist, writer, comedian that comes on the show. It's like, my my whole thing is, it's like, no, if we're not all here to uplift each other, then why the fuck am I trying to get lifted by nobody? Right, right. You know, the Asian American experience and the Asian American story, and especially like, you know, the Filipino American experience in the U.S., man, like, it, it hasn't been really told the right way yet. That's how I feel, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I don't think people understand the contributions we we've put in the country too, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. And and you know, I'm for me, it's like one of those things I tell people. It's like you know, I don't want to be known as something that's just adjacent to something. I'm like, no, I have my own fucking mouth. I'll speak for myself, please. Thank you very much. You know, I'm, not a, I'm not adjacent to nobody. You know, I am my own group of people, and I am my own person. I'll speak for myself. So. Yeah, man, this country, this country's changing. This country's changing rapidly, man. So, God bless America. You know, we gotta keep growing. We gotta, we gotta keep growing, man. We we gotta do better for the youth. We gotta show the youth an example, bro. Because they, whether we like it or not, they run this country. They will run the country someday when we're old and gray. It's them. 
They're oh. running it, not us. Well, you know actually, it, technically, it's us right now. It's our, it's it's people of our age running the country right now. <laughs> but yeah, but it's the same thing. We didn't imagine that we'd be inheriting, you know, uh, a shit storm. But here we are. And, you know, it's the same thing. We're going to be passing on these batons to everybody. So it's like, uh, you know, it's like at the same point of receiving the baton, it's also having Grace passing it off, too. Yeah, we'll finish this other half. We're going to take a break, which this is what will be on the show. We're taking a break. And we'll be right back after this. All right, jump, hit it. All right, welcome back, Atomic Zero fans. Uh, we were just taking a good break on this. Um, yeah, I'm back with Marlon. And, you know, Marlon, uh, it, it's been a good minute since I've last talked to you. Um, and, you know, it, it's been a couple years of us doing podcasts and stuff like that. I've done a lot of crazy things on the on the show here and there. I've experimented, even in my last podcast, I've been trying to set up, you know, my office as more of an inter, you know, like a uh, personal interview. Uh, where I used to do a lot of it on Zoom or whatnot. And I've changed a lot of where I'm also going this year for myself, uh, you know, like going on the road and trying to interview some uh, some people here and there. And, you know, I didn't realize, you know, in a blink of an eye, it's been for you and me like three something years, four, almost four years now for myself. I'm kind of losing a little track. But yeah, it's been a good minute just podcasting. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I've found myself kind of like, you know, on different sides of arguments and also just growing through that. Um, so like, I kind of throw it out to you. Um, I like, how is your experience as a podcaster, you know, now and, and putting yourself, cause you know, we, you know, we talked about it about earlier about the, uh, you know, having representation and having, uh, 
you know, like having that social media presentation. So being, so having a podcast for yourself, like how have you seen yourself, you know, like from where you started as like, not really, you know, engaging in new ideas, new processes to where you are now and, and how you, and how you go up and how your process goes. Yeah, man. It, it really started out as, um, as a podcast dedicated to the hip hop artists that I've met on the road, doing the same shows for them. So it really started out, and the podcast, the first episode dropped in October 2020. Yeah, it really started out dedicated to my hip-hop artists. But with me working with kids with autism and doing home care, I started dwelling into um, the social work field, mental health workers, mental health advocates, social work advocates, healers, psychologists. And especially during the pandemic, I started interviewing them because I felt like they, they were contributing a lot to society. Um, <clears throat> and then... Of course, like from authors, directors, movie directors, screenplay writers, actors, actresses. Um, one of my biggest guests, one of one of my most highest streamed episodes. He's a regular now on, on General Hospital, the the um, the soap opera. Um, I love that I, show, but I mean, I think um, I'm giving up my age if I say like I like George Clooney and shit, you know, uh, or uh, Jason Statham. <laughs> I got a chance to interview Muhammad Ali's grandson that's living in Louisville, Kentucky, that's doing a lot of community work for um for the youth and um providing an outlet for like for children who want to get into boxing, keeping them off the streets. So he started like a nonprofit education, um, a, a nonprofit organization. So I told him, like, you know, I think your grand your grandfather would, would be so proud of you of what you're doing. Um yeah, I've I've dropped nine seasons, twenty one episodes per season. I'm about to close out. I'm about to close out season nine pretty soon. So with that being said, uh, and season ten is already pre recorded. I got about one hundred ninety four episodes um, ready. To, you know, I got yeah. about one hundred ninety four episodes done. So, am I growing as a journalist? Um, I think so because um, I think as the years go on. I do feel like the podcast is getting more um more validation from um like for example I got a chance to interview Bob Power he's like the audio engineer for like the first three Tribe Called Quest albums nice. the De La Soul Stakes Is High album and and you know Common Erica Badu and you know hip hop is a funny thing like you would think with all these artists like you would just assume that the audio engineer would be black, but it's not. It's a white guy behind these albums, man. So it, it, it's interesting, bro. Like, I feel like I'm educating a lot of hip hop heads these days on on the, some of the guests I've been getting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Taylor Swift's former manager, one of the things he told me, one of the things that they taught Taylor Swift early on was to like, they taught her to shake everybody's hand that went to her show. So they said that they've been training her since she was 15 to, to start acting like that. So he was only around for the first two albums, but he was like, I'm not surprised at all on how much she's charging for tickets because these, these fans really feel like they have a personal connection with her. So I'm also learning from people, man, you know, learning yeah. their techniques on how they develop these artists. So it's been really diverse, a lot of diversity, you know. No, I, I think that's that's the great thing about doing podcasting, you know, even for all of us, just because you get to meet a lot of people, you, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, these voices don't get heard. And so, I, you know, like I'm like 
happy and amazed when everybody's like, you know, being a journalist and going out and finding these people because, you know, these stories are, you know, storytelling is important. And these types of stories is like what we're trying to put out there, right? Just because you don't know who uh, benefits from the information. And for me, it's like, if I only reach one person, sometimes it's like, that's all that mattered. As long as that person, you know, enjoyed the show and, you know, like it's the same form for me. It's like shaking that hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, so you, you were, so like different seasons, you've been focusing, uh, focusing on different topics and whatnot. So like this season you're focusing on uh, mental health and health as I was talking to you before. So, you know, I'm circling back to like, um, you know, I felt like season nine, season nine was such a fast and like interviewing those who are in the music industry and film mm-hmm. industry. So for season 10, I, I want to go back again and, and push on mental health issues again. So mm. I'm currently booking guests that have survived addiction, conquered addiction, understand what addiction is, um, whether it's through drugs or alcoholism. And, you know, one of the things that I told my guest that I'm about to interview, I did tell her, like, because, you know, I kind of wanted to be prepared in what I'm about to ask. So it's not a surprise. Mm. But I was like, you know, I'm going to ask about childhood, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to ask about family background. I'm going to ask about that. So are you okay with that? So I I do give them a heads up on on what we're going to talk about. But I also give them the, the respect and be like, Whatever you don't feel like sharing, don't share it. It's all good. And whatever you do feel like sharing, then share it, you know? So, but so far she's down, you know? So, yeah, I'm trying to dig a little bit and and reach back to the community to see who's willing to share your story because I do believe that people can learn from each other, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I I mean, for me, it's uh, a lot of it is like the stories that I get from, you know, the other artists, actors, uh, comedians that come on the show because it's, it, it, it is a, an enlightening path for, you know, to hear if someone's wanting to become something or just trying to see how people's processes are. Uh, that That's what I find is always amazing. Even for like uh, the connections that I've made, like, you know, for a lot of the uh, people putting out books and stuff that have come on my show. Um, it, it's, it's a pleasure to get a chance to read the books. Uh, it's like I said, you know, like a while back, it's like one of the, 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 the greatest things, like, you know, when I got to listen for your new, your new album, it's like, and it's like it's homework it's interviewing it's this process that like wow you don't you know you don't you don't get you get to be the first of something before you know anybody else so i th- i think that's like what excites me about doing a show and you know when i talk to you about it like i've met a lot of people during this po- time of the podcast it's um mm-hmm. it, it it's always very humbling for myself to you know it, just to you know I, I guess what it is it's like when you get to talk to somebody you know, they're giving you that time of day. And I, I try to make sure I give them that time of the, you know, that time and being present and just shooting the shit, you know, just kind of like, not, you know, not, and not in that sense of like, you know, this one podcast or this one episode is going to change all the world, but it might, it might change a couple of ideas or change a couple of minds. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, for, as a podcaster, it's like, it's that next episode, just like I was saying to you earlier, it's like, it's that next song. And, um, and, and I, I think all, all what it is, it's like, I love doing this process over and over again. It's, it's not, mm-hmm. I don't find it as insanity because it's always something new, something challenging, and it's always a learning curve. And I, and that's what I find the greatest thing is the challenge, the challenges that come along with it. Cause you know, I, I, when mm-hmm. I started this, 
you know, like some of the tech stuff I didn't really get, but I asked my, you know, my editor, I'd ask, you know, friends that uh, that were in the uh, the sound and music and, and industry that I wasn't too sure about. I was like, hey, I'm thinking about getting this mic or I'm thinking about getting a soundboard or something like that, or like any uh, suggestions and, you know, and there's always that learning curve. So it's like, for me, I, I, I embrace that. Uh, and I, I think that's a part of like growth in my, in myself. And I, I'm curious, it's like, for you, for you as um, you know, like all the years of being, uh, you know, being in music and whatnot, it's like, you know, do you still find yourself <clears throat> catching all these like things that you're learning every, every moment? Yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> you know, like I know somebody who's about to give up on music. She's in the no. mid forties. Um, he was feeling really down about it. He was feeling discouraged and he, he thought that it wasn't fun no more. So what I told him was, it's okay to take healthy breaks, you know? It's okay to take healthy breaks. And sometimes I get sick of hip hop too. And and the podcast has been a good outlet for me to just take a break from it sometimes because when I hear other people's stories, it definitely, it definitely inspires me sometimes when I can't find it in hip hop. So for example, like, you know, Muhammad Ali's grandson really humbled me. He was like, you know, for a lot of people, he's the greatest boxer in the world in the history that ever existed. One of the most controversial figures in, in, in American history, especially sports history. But to me, he's just grandpa. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so I, I had to like think about that too. Like, you know, so with the musicians I've interviewed too, they, they've definitely spoken about their struggles with addiction. So it's just inspiring to know, like, there's other artists out there, man, struggling internally like me. I'm not the only one that's struggling with this, bro. Mm -hmm. All all of us are. Yeah, no, um, uh, even, you know, like, I, I you know, back, going back to what you just said, taking healthy breaks is important. Yeah, man. Yeah, um, I mean, even for, you know, myself, um, the podcast, it, sometimes it can be overwhelming or sometimes it's like, you know, life happens and, you know, you, you know, whether what type of hobby that you do, it's like, no, sometimes it's okay to disengage. I remember like a while back, I disengaged from playing video games. I, I feel better from it, but it was a, that moment where like I jump back in and play with my friends online or something like that, like that, yeah. you know, and, and it's great. You know, it's like, it's good catching up with some old friends. It's like, Hey, what are you guys doing? I'm all like, we're going to go like tear up the place and stuff like that. We're going to go raid this place. And you're like, all right, let's go do this. And it's good to come back to it, but then it's also like when it becomes so much of uh, taking up your time and stuff like that, where you're not getting other things done. It's like I get it, you know. It's like it's it's it makes sense to disengage and just kind of like you know center yourself before you come back to something. Because you know, I, I also think it's like you know, as a, as any type of artist that you've always heard in the past, it's like sometimes you need to kind of go on another journey or another adventure so that you have another new outlook when you come back to you know that you know that type of art that you have you know it's just a it's a new form of nuance um yeah man and, I, and i'm quite sure like you know like listening through some of your music and stuff like that as well it's like i know that that podcast is you know conversations you've had with with people yeah man for example right like the podcast has given me an opportunity to interview those who i look up to in the music industry like one voice for example like you know, the, the contribution of one voice, like, 
you know, Filipino females from the Bay Area that was doing their thing independently in like the late 90s. And they're still legends to this day, you know, like still selling out shows, still selling out their 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 venues. Mm -hmm. Um, they got a new album coming out, and I got a chance to interview uh, Anne Marie Saravo, one of the members of the group. Um, I think Filipinos. Uh huh. We have we have been making some strides. And some improvement and we've, we've been progressing a little bit and getting in the music industry and breaking in and i got a chance to like interview the pioneers because they paved the way bro you know what i'm saying like at, at one point i'm just a kid in junior high looking up to these people you know what i'm saying and they inspired me they inspired me to do my thing they, insp they inspired me to like pursue it seeing filipino sisters out there doing it made me feel like it was possible you know mm -hmm. so I, I got a chance to thank them personally for the for the inspiration too <clears throat> no that's and and you know and that's like one of the greatest feelings like you get to talk to them on your show and mm -hmm. and just kind of get it, it's it's weird too when you're like when someone you've admired and you're just all of a sudden talking to them and you you get to interview them it's like this is it's so surreal mm -hmm. um yeah and, and sometimes you almost kind of just lose track of like i want to ask you something but i forgot Cause I'm just I'm in awe. <laughs> you're like you're still here. <laughs> You'd be surprised, like how many legends, legendary artists are super humble. Like for example, like I reached out to one of the members of En Vogue for an interview, and she didn't say no. She said, "Hey, Marlon, I'm kind of busy touring right now. But when the dates calm down and I get the tour over, it reach back out to me and we can make it happen." And then um, I reached out to like one of the members of JJ Fad. JJ Fad is one of the like an old school female rap group that Easy E find back in the late eighties. It's the first rap group I ever heard. You know, dropping supersonic. So when I reached out to one of them, she didn't say no either. She was just like, "Hey, I'm kind of busy with shows right now, but when the shows calm down, just holler back. We'll make it happen." So I'm glad that people are even open to me hitting them up, yo. It's uh, yeah. you'd be surprised who you'd be surprised who will respond. And who'd give you like a real straight answer, like for real. I love that. And that's what I love about, you know, when you just get to, you know, you get to ask and, you know, it's like, if you don't ask, you won't know. So it's like, you're, it's like twice the happy, the double that happiness. As soon as you find out, you're like, oh, they're going to come on my show. Cool. Um, There's definitely times I was nervous before an interview and um, a homie had to kind of like, not check me, but he was just like, hey, Marlon, I know you're a fan of these people. But you gotta get it together, my G. Like, <laughs> and and I had to hear that because you know what? He was right. He was like, "Hey, I know you're a fan of these people, man. But once the interview starts, Marlon, you gotta be confident too that you know what you're doing and you know what you're asking and you did the proper research." And I think I needed that pep talk because sometimes it can be surreal, you know, like wow, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, uh, no, <laughs> so, you're, you're right, you're yeah. right, because it, it, it is. It can become overwhelming. You're like, oh, what am I gonna ask them? And you know, you you put questions together already, but like. It can still elude you a little bit. I, was, uh, I got a chance to ask Bob Power. I said, um, <clears throat> you got a chance to work with a lot of geniuses, a lot of like in the, the most innovative hip hop artists, you know what I'm saying? I asked him, do you find them difficult, difficult to work with? Are people's egos too big? Are they open to feedback or people are very rigid? And what he said was, I, I accept the artists how they are. And as an engineer, it's my job to just 
just to record their creativity and mm-hmm. let them be who and let them be who they are. So I'm also getting the inside scoop of what it's like to be in the big leagues, like working with big artists. Like, what is that? What what is that like handling a personality like Tribe Called Quest, handling De La Soul? What's that like? You know, working with Erica Badu, Common, you know, the Roots. What's that like? So mm-hmm. he was keeping it real, man. He was like, you know, they're all geniuses, and it's my job to just just to record and capture their creativity just how they like it. You know what I'm saying? So I respect that a lot, bro. So um, podcasting, what what is your uh, future outlook now um, for the coming years? Because like I, I was saying to you, like, uh, and and uh, just in the, the earlier segment, um, you know, it's like I'm doing uh, when you get that feedback from somebody, it's like I'm doing this for another ten more years, and you know, for me, it's like I, I'm 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 riding with this. So it's like, how, how do you how do you see yourself like you know the, in the next ten years? Where 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 do you kind of see this? your podcast going you know a lot of people say marlon come on you gotta do video come on marlon you gotta Mm -hmm. do video video you gotta put on youtube but it's not me being stubborn james i just feel like i gotta carve out my own niche and my own style i feel like my trademark is we're gonna do the podcast through the telephone like a phone call because Mm -hmm. you know even though i'm in san diego I can't, I mean, some of the some of my interviews have been done in person, but I would say 70%, maybe 60% has been done through the telephone. And you know what? With that being said, I got a lot done, James. Yeah, there's, you did. There's there's you really do. <laughs> yeah, there's something cool about doing the podcast alone and not too much. T- how do I say this? I kind of feel like with podcasting, now this is just me, but with podcasting. If there's too much big of a team, you got to get the cameraman set up. We got to edit it. We got to edit this. We got to edit that. I do feel like it's going to slow down the process a little bit, you know? Yeah. But if it's just me, I got the app. I got to text this link. I don't know, dog. I got a lot done. You know why, James? I did not fucking wait for anyone. I did no. my pace, my own terms, my way. That's it. Exactly. That no, I, I completely agree with you on that. It's your it's my way. It's it's like you you know, you find the time to do it regardless because it's it's it for me it's become another passion. It's it's that <clears throat> it's getting it done. And you're right. It is it, it is no matter how I find it, you know, as a podcaster myself, I I find it it the the next episode is important, but it's also this this idea of like you're you're diving into community you're diving into like you know those that are reciprocating to you know just good vibes from and good energies from everybody because it's like yeah you you know it's like if you tap into that energy it's like you're gonna find it everywhere you go and i i think that's what like what makes every show successful or continuing you know to carry on because uh i've i met i met people in the past you know they, they they try to start it up and you know it's like they go a year and they they don't feel like they they see it and I'm like it's it's got to be more than just you know uh it, what you're if you're thinking that the audience isn't reciprocating or whatnot it's like no you got to keep going at it because it's a journey yeah man I got a special spot for upcoming artists that are upcoming young you know especially my fellow Filipinos I know how it is when there's no outlets that want to give you a chance. I know how it is when nobody wants to give you an interview. And this is where I give back to the community, you know, like with all the things that I acquired and, and the knowledge I acquired, all the trials and tribulations, ups and downs, I do feel like 
it's time for me to give back. I'm at that point in my life where I'm ready to pass on what I learned to the youth, you know. Um, um, well it's not not just passing on you know that you know that torch onto the youth it's also kind of like you're you're doing another thing which is promoting on your platform it it is a sense of you know it's like hey you know what if you're not if you think that you're not getting a voice or you know like you're just putting out music and no one's hearing you know you know your thoughts and stuff like that these are the that's what these platforms are about you know that that's how i see it as it's it, it 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 I feel like I prepare in the sense of I'm uh I prepare in the sense of these people that come on the show that they they get that they get an opportunity of their time and how they want to express themselves just like your friend Bob you know it's like I'm I'm just recording you being you and you know you share what you can and you know that that we can put it out there and mm-hmm. in the end it is you know, it's like you're getting that voice, that that time, because you know what? No one's giving you that time if you didn't if you're feeling like you're not getting out there. But that, that's what our platforms are about. It's making sure yeah. that like we hear our stories. <clears throat> and I, I and I, I think that's just, you know, like it's hand in hand, like those that are humble, you know, when you come up to, and approach them and saying, Hey, would you like to come on? And and for me, like over and over again, I I continue to invest, I continue to put in time and wanting to grow the show because it's like i feel like like you it's like doing it over the you know doing over zoom or online or face to face and i I think that's why i like this season or this year for myself it's um it's like i want to try new things on my show you know it's like i'm trying to challenge myself as in like as an interviewer and a person that wants to talk about politics and go out about it it's like you gotta sometimes meet people halfway too so i I, that's where i'm i'm at this point i'm trying new things i'm also trying to get people to come to the house and you know film with them as well so it's like you know it's just trying to mingle and see where i'm at you know i think that that's that's my outlook for 2024 uh you know and and it's you know the political scheme in in my world and and how I talk. You know when I talk about politics and stuff like that, it's you know it's hard to talk about tolerance if you're not giving a chance to both sides to talk. Because how how do you know? I got a chance to interview Dr. Linda Ev. She's from the she's from Ventura County, from my hometown, and she's an advocate for the Palestine Gaza borders. She got a chance to spend some time in, uh, in Gaza doing some community work out there. Um, I got a chance to interview her maybe a couple months ago, and I gave her a platform to express everything she feels. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like people need that too. And I was asking her to break down the situation in Gaza for kids mm-hmm. who want to for kids who want to understand because. Sometimes we have to break down the problem as if we're explaining it to little kids so Americans can really understand what's going on out there. And I'll send you that episode, James. I don't yeah. even want to par I don't even want to paraphrase what she gotta <laughs> say, but she's a very brilliant woman. And and you know, it's refreshing, man. It, Cause it's like this, James, like sometimes being in the music industry, it requires you to be selfish. And when you're going for your dreams, it requires you to be selfish. Now, every now and then, though, I got to step out of my comfort zone and interview those who are not in the music industry, but those who are still helping the community, man. And people like that keep me grounded because we got some real fucking issues going on in the world, bro. In the world and in the country. From racism, police brutality, Asian hate. Um, and 
I think what I'm trying to do is bridge hip hop and mental health issues as much as possible and figure out what can we do as artists to help the situation? Are we, are we making enough songs about it? Are we, are we making enough songs? Are we making enough content about this? We know we have a responsibility to speak to the kids. Have we, have we done everything we can to be a positive role for the kids? And the truth is, I, I'm speaking for hip hop. Mm -hmm. The truth is, the truth is no. No, we're not. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I would agree with that yeah. too. The as, a, as a community as a whole, has hip hop done everything we can? Like, it, like hip hop is the biggest platform in the in the motherfucking world, and it's the biggest one to to uh to to talk to the youth. And have we used it in the most positive positive way? No, we have not. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, bro. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I can understand. It's like, it's like with this great power, it's like, how are we using this to benefit everybody? And are we reaching these right amount of people? Mm -hmm. um, I, I would like to say that, you know, what we do and, and whatnot, it's like, I don't know if we completely answer everything, but I know that we, if we keep scratching at this, at the surface of this, we're going to get in even deeper. Yeah, that, that is that is something that I do know. <laughs> and there's something to be said about consistency. I think consistency is one of the biggest like trademarks we can we can do to brand to uh, to brand ourselves. Like, you know, I drop an episode every Friday since October 2020. Now, with that being said, sometimes I think, oh wow, that's really cool. But imagine fucking David Letterman, Jay Leno, Johnny Carson, Arsenio Hall. Imagine them Monday through Friday, bro. Yeah, every I know. day for decades too. For decades. Yeah, it's like these guys don't really take vacations. <laughs> or if they do, so, we kind of get reruns. So with all that being said, yeah, we work hard, but there's always people to look up to to make us work harder. Because you know, James, it's a gift. And it's a skill to get people to open up, don't you think? I I, I agree, because sometimes it's, uh, even when I start a podcast, it might take 15, 20 minutes before people open up where they feel comfortable sharing um, yeah. and just going about it. Because you know, it, it's hard because, you know, you don't know. It's like they're just literally, you don't, like when we say we don't know what's going through people's mind, they might be coming in from a storm. Yeah. Even it's a it's gift, a man. Day. I, it's a gift that I think, like, how do I say this? Let me ask you something, James. Mm -hmm. Growing up, when you were like in your in your junior high years or high school years, were you the guy that people opened up to? Uh, you know, because I was. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think that happened a little later in life for me. I think mm -hmm. in the uh, high school and elementary day, uh, middle school and high school days. I don't know. I, I think I was being selfish, like you were saying earlier. Uh, but for myself, I think I was being a little selfish because I was kind of just trying to figure out how to begin my, you know, that legend or that personal legend of yours. You're trying to chase that, you know, that that thing that's going to be, you know, that's what you are. And for me, I think in middle school and high school, it was it was like trying to acquire a lot of information and knowledge. I was trying to be a sponge, but I think also it's um, I think I might have burned a few bridges in the middle school and high school. I'm, I'm not. I'm not really too sure if I can account for all those things. Because, um. <laughs> for example, right? Like, for example, like, if me and you are in seventh grade or eighth grade, you know, we can play basketball every day together, mm -hmm. but not really know anything about you. 
besides basketball, right? Yeah. So this is an example. I've been in basketball teams or whatever, so I've had teammates. So besides playing basketball, for some reason, I also know if somebody's parents were fighting at home because they would tell me. So basically, mm-hmm. like I, I always felt like maybe people felt comfortable enough to tell me some shit that they don't want to tell anyone else. Now, did I think that was a gift enough for me to pursue psychology or therapy? No, I didn't. I, I, I was I went to Cal State Fullerton as a human services major um, with a bachelor's in that. But I, in the back of my mind, I always knew, you know, besides rapping, like I know, I know how to hold a conversation. <laughs> I always, knew, I, I always knew I knew how to do that. Now, if I ever did get into journalism. Of course, the first thing I'm going to cover, bro, is hip-hop. No doubt, you know? But I grew, man. Like, James, like, I I, I realized how much capabilities I have when I started interviewing those besides the music industry, like, from, from psychologists to, like, teachers, you know? It's like this. America, we're living in crazy times, and Americans got a lot to share since COVID. There's a, there's a lot of things that happened with, with our country, man, and to our peoples. I think a lot of people fell off, but I think the COVID also made, also inspired others to be better. And um, I just think that we haven't even fully recovered from COVID yet. Don't you agree? Like we're still kind of like reeling from that. I I, th- I think that, well, this is my political belief on, I think that COVID is something that we are after, you know, the the, the last three, four years that have passed. And I think a lot of us, we reflect about what we did in the last four years. And a lot of us are, you know, from the uh, non-vaxxers or, you know, the labels of that. I think a lot of us, I think half of us stop caring and we want to move on in life. And then some of the other half want to say, I told you so. Mm-hmm. If you if you know what I mean by that. I, I think those are the conversations I, I come up, I come past uh, when I talk to people about COVID. It's this you know, how people lived, it's how people, and, and, and they all have stories to share. I think it's the, I, I think it's the reflection of like, how, which I, I'll push back to you. It's the, where do you think we're going now? Uh, the, the world's kind of, like you said, it's a crazy time, weird place for all of us. Um, like for me, it's like last night, um, you know, we just found out, you know, Ron DeSantis, uh, Ron DeSantis dropped out and he endorsed Trump. And for me, it's it, the question is, uh, I think a lot of uh, Americans, even Asian Americans, we, we've also like taken different stances on our political views over the last couple of years, uh, especially through Asian hate and and, uh, you know, just how we are seen in, in the community. I mean, like it's been a wonderful year for for like, you know, Michelle Yeoh and, you know, like Ali Wong and and all those other actors that we're seeing, you know, a huge limelight on the Asian-Americans, which I think is absolutely great. At the same point, you know, is this our moment of spotlight only or is this like or is this going to con- we're going to continue to see these things where like we do you know, hear more of our voices and every year it gets bigger. Uh, and that representation is, you know, is better. I, I think that's one of the things that I'm hopeful about where we're going uh, in the political world. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think it's also like, this is an election year. You know, it's 2024. We're, 
it's a it's also a leap year and it's also the year of the dragon so there's like a lot of things going on for those that are you know have different takes i don't know if you celebrate any of the, the these asian new years the lunar new year of any sorts you know uh, mm. with, with with the charm and luck that comes with you know the year um but i, I think it's like like you said you know it's like we might be in a weird place but we're all hopeful and and even you know through music or through you know just uh, uh just just being out there i i think that like america is like really changing <clears throat> its views um oh, <laughs> it, it's yes. changing but I, I you know like but i think you know no matter how it changes i think uh, the same still thing has to happen is that we're still tolerant of each other and you know we let each other speak because that's your freedom of speech you know you don't have to you know you don't have to be right but i'll still defend it for you to say it and i, I think yeah. that that's I think that's one of the things that, you know, our generation is still very, you know, we're still good at that. Um, but I, I think sometimes, you know, a lot of the conversations in the political world that, you know, that I talk about, um, you know, it's like, it's a lot of these wars that keep happening. And, you know, it's like, sometimes I feel like all I want is our country to focus on our, uh, on us at home. Oh, it's yeah, man. Us at home first. Um, and it's not that whole MAGA thing, like make America great again. I'm not, I don't know what that means by great. I'm just referring to as in like, take care of the homeless, take care of like the people that are looking for jobs again, take care of the people that, you know, like student loans or whatever, uh, or medical issues. That's like, these are things that are all, you know, prevalent to our society. And, and it makes us a better people if we have those things, you know, kind of answered uh, before we, I think that we can go and protect a lot of other things around the world now i'm not dis dismissing like all the atrocities that happen in, our, in the world but i also feel like we're not as a country like we have too many uh, voices where they're not being heard you know one and one side we have the palestinian movement you know where you know those that are speaking up for the palestinians and then we have the uh, the zionists or the israel uh, uh, um uh the israelis you know that in their view but i always try to employ people it's like don't confuse what the government is versus the people because you know mm -hmm. the, what what they're doing isn't necessarily what the people stand for or believe in and i also think that you know our country is also doing a lot of other you know not great things i don't want to say just it's fucked up or anything like that it's it, it's funny because it's like i was watching not too long on the news where you know, Biden is trying to give a speech, but then you have, you know, uh, Palestinian protesters come in and, you know, chant and he's giving and he even gives them the time. But it's like, are you going to answer these people's questions or not? You know, if you're giving mm -hmm. them the time of the day, you know, to hear to hear them out. And, you know, it's funny, that, like, as much as, you know, we love our country and we want to do things for it. It's also kind of shitty when you, you and you have people that say one thing and then do the other. You know, regardless of whether we know it or not, and then we have a big cover up. So for me, it's like it's not that we are in a dark world of like, you know, of the future. It's that, you know, I am just tired of a generation that's ran our country for so long when I'm looking for all the most intellectual people that, you know, we come across that have like solutions on trying to solve our, our, our crises on this planet. And I feel like these a lot of these people get passed up because people hold things in power so that's kind of one of my big like gripes you know uh, that i kind of focus and talk about on, on my podcast here and there so mm -hmm. good shit, man. 
but I mean, I mean, but once again, it's like, you know, even in these conversations, it's like you get to hear other people's thoughts, you get to disagree, you get to agree. <clears throat> and at the end of the day, it's like, you know, like I said, from the, the get go, it's all about making sure we have that platform, you know, and, and, if, and it's, it's gratifying, because I don't have to agree with anybody. I don't have, you don't have to agree with me. It's, and, it's, mm -hmm. I'm just thankful that you gave me the time. No doubt. And I wanted to add, you know, like, um, it's a crazy time in the U.S. Like, I know you say that there's, we have freedom of speech. And I got to disagree a little bit because I feel like even if we do have freedom of speech, there's mad consequences that come after you say what you got to say, bro. Oh, I agree like, with that. I agree with that. And it's like this, because we have freedom of speech, everybody is entitled to your response back to your speech, motherfucker. Like everybody is going to shoot back. And and the cancel culture is like, it's, it's the cancel culture. It makes me feel like people are kind of sensitive to hear our freedom of speech. And the funny thing about America is with all this being said, Ain't nobody leaving. We're staying in this country. <laughs> exactly. We're not. Nobody's ain't, leaving. Ain't here. nobody leave. Nobody's leaving. It's like I know we can complain all we want. I also think Americans can be spoiled. I think we were so used to being such a great nation and a great country, and you know things haven't been perfect for a while now. So, like, I think when when Americans don't get their way we get a little rattled because we're so used to getting our way. And with all that being said, man, with all the complaints that we got, nobody's leaving. Everybody's staying here, bro. So we got to make it work. <laughs> no, it, it's, you know, our, our country's only going to get bigger and with more people every year as it passes. I mean, I remember when they were like, oh, our country's like with 300 million people. And then all of a sudden it's like, you look again, it's like we're at 330 million people now. And that's that's how many people like reside in the United States. Yeah. Um, but it 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 is one of those. It's like you know when when I explain to people sometimes it's like as much as we believe there's diplomacy in, in our this, our society of you know in this globalized society that we're in you know where I can literally message somebody halfway around the world and or call them up instantaneously now right. Um, that you know at the end of the day it's like the top 20 countries the top 30 countries of this planet run and rule rampant and it's funny like someone asked me uh, a while back that you know south africa was uh you know uh what was it they're they're putting on trial they're uh, uh putting on sanctions against israel and you know i i, I said to a friend it's like I get where people are coming from and South Africa has a, as a voice, but at the same point, it's like other countries, if they're like playing the whole ranking card, you know what I mean by that? Mm -hmm. It's like the top 18th country doesn't care what top 30 countries think, mm -hmm. you know, and you might yell or scream and stuff like that. But in another, in another level of, of sense, it's just that we have different uh, statistics of how you know we engage of other countries and 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 at the end of the day america is still number one on the planet on the end of you know i'm not trying to like sound red or anything like that it's just you know we are still the most powerful country on the planet we are and, man we are we are <laughs> and and so it's kind of like when we say you know we ask for a ceasefire it's like no our country 
you know, like when they ask Biden or Trump or anybody, right? It's like, no, technically it should be him because we fund fucking NATO. We fund all these big countries. A matter of fact, we fund, you know, we fund like 30 other European countries all combined. And, and you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, why are we not spending the money back here on us and, and you know, doing these other extra wars or other extra funding? We should be really, you know, allowing these other countries to, you know, fund themselves. That, that that is like I, i'm big on the whole israel thing about not funding them um you know on, on that end it's just like we've been funding them for years you're telling me that they have like great health care they have great education in israel and whatnot and they have the iron dome i'm like why do we can't we cut down some of the money funding to them i mean why can't they sustain themselves because if you didn't know israel is like the top 18th country on the planet <clears throat> and, I, and i'm sitting here going like what 18 and if you didn't know how many countries that America acknowledges, there's only 193 countries that we acknowledge. All I know is that, yep. And all I know is that they're definitely killing innocent kids, innocent women, bombing hospitals, and the graphic images of these kids, the bloody images, it's pretty disgusting. It's, it's sickening. No, it's disgusting. It's pretty sickening. And like, I, 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 I clearly remember Christmas night. I remember Christmas night, I was just chilling and I was just kind of scrolling through my timeline and there's still images of hospitals being bombed. Now, sometimes America, we can be so numb to everything because we're so far removed. But like, I want you to like, I want us to think about this, James. Like, hmm. here we are having a nice warm dinner for Christmas, but in the other side of the country, motherfuckers are getting bombed on Christmas. You yeah. know, so it's like, it, it was pretty like, man, you know, we don't know how much, we don't appreciate how much peace we have in this country. And, you know, the first time we got attacked in Pearl Harbor in the 1940s, I know that we weren't around for that era. Maybe our grandparents were, our great grandparents were. But when 9 11 happened, I was 17 years old and as a junior in high school. That was when I was in my head, I'm thinking, we are not untouchable like we think we are. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. like that that changed that changed it all for us in 9-11. Yeah, see 9-11, we were here. We were we 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 saw that, we experienced that. We weren't here for Pearl Harbor, but for 9-11, we were. So like in the modern day technology of September 11 and everything that went down, it's like, you know, we can't be touched, man. We are not untouchable like we think we are. So that's how I feel. Like America, we gotta be ready to, you know, like we never know what's going to go down, bro. For real, for real. <clears throat> oh, yeah. No, I mean, just the fact that, you know, half of uh, a good chunk of Americans have, like, what, too many guns? <laughs> it's it's absurd. But I got to same... ask you, James. Go yeah. ahead. No, no, go ahead. What's your, since we're talking politics and all that, um, what's your thoughts on the school shootings happening twice a fucking month in this country? I think that, you know, there's a lot of what do you think? People, like, man, it's crazy. It's fucking bullshit. We shouldn't be have it. But I, I think it's the amount of rampant. You know, it's not just the. It's the access of people getting it, and and then the uh, not only that, it's the lack of understanding, <clears throat> mental awareness that we we deal with with some of these people that you know go up and shoot up schools. I, I mean, I was around as I recall from my childhood from the Columbine shootings. 
you know, with these guys getting in trench coats and yep, you know, yep, they would yep. go up and shoot up the school. And I think uh, it, it sprang, you know, this 30 year of copycats of people going up and shooting up their schools, which I think is completely absurd. I mean, and granted, you know, in, in education, you know, we, you know, we're trying, you know, educators are trying to educate, but it's also hard to acknowledge, you know, the mental instability of others. Or at least even be, you know, have the education of understanding, you know, the, the mental in, uh, instability of like youth. Uh, I, I remember in my years as a school teacher and, you know, how a lot of kids suffer from mental health issues and we don't know how we're supposed to bridge the gap uh, uh, about that. Because sometimes, you know, like young kids, they need, you know, words of affirmation. They need, you know, they need to be shown those acts of services to themselves that they know that they're doing good or doing on the right track. And I know that a good chunk of American, you know, youth, half their parents aren't there. And if they are, uh, it's like the one parent household in America, because that's generally a, a huge statistic on that. You know, like, you know, moms, you know, working really hard to take care of the kids, you know, at the same point that, you know, how are they getting the, the, the male figures or, you know, just getting that acknowledgement from male figures or other, other figures in, in, in our society, you know, that kind of point them in the right direction. And I think that with, with that being said, it, it's a lot of these youth, you know, where they get hurt by somebody or or whatever damage goes and they feel like in order to do that they need to retaliate and go back to school and do a lot of damage and i think that that is one of the the heartbreaking things about watching kids you know do this like well, you know twice a month i can't believe it that was a is that the statistic for twice a month for a while man i felt like maybe even once a month at least for like i mean shit there was a crazy statistic that they had for all the school shootings that happened in 2023. There's over a hundred, over 150 for sure. Yeah, um, no, I, I remember all of last year, there was a lot of school shootings. And I, I mean, I, I find that, you know, we're in such a huge crisis about, you know, kids and their mental health issues and as well as what um, others that I don't even know. It's like years later that they'd come back and shoot up the school. Uh, a couple of the ones that I, I that I kind of recall it was like a student that was like years later, you know, they're in high school now. They come back and shoot up an elementary school or something. That, yeah, that's, that's what happened in Texas. I think yeah. the Texas one was like, um, yeah. And you know what's crazy about Texas? You know, we have the news coverage for about maybe one week and maybe two weeks, and after that, everything dies down and and it just stops. It just Oh, and 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 I remember I'm last to the year. Next one. Wasn't you know last year the like the most disheartening thing was why I forgot which school shooting now because there's just and and I'm sorry to say that sentence. I'm sorry uh, that I don't remember which one. I just remember the incident where the was it the Texas shooting where all the teachers no not teachers the police officers were standing around where all the kids were inside. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and they didn't do anything, and one of them was using hand sanitizer or something like that. I. I was so fucking livid from that just because, wow. you know, because it's so it's disheartening to know that the people that, you know, you, you know, that you are hoping that protect our society aren't even doing their jobs. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's what really, I think, broke a lot of our country uh, on that. And, you know, from in the politics in the politics world, you know, it's like it's not the defund the police. It's the you know, you made an oath <laughs> and you yeah. didn't keep you, you didn't honor it. 
to protect yeah. and serve. So I, I think that is a, one of the more disheartening things. And it's like, and it gave a bad name for other cops and other cops have spent the last year, you know, you know, um, proving themselves all over again. And it, it's a, it's an endless cycle of, of how we deal with our society on that. And for, for, as a podcaster, I think it's, it's sometimes it's great to just kind of be able to talk about those things and just express those feelings out there. For sure, man. It's like America will move on to the next news, next headline news. And I feel like with all the back-to-back shootings, we don't even really get to grieve the, the, the previous one. And um, it just happens too fast. And not just school shootings, just mass shootings in general. Like, yeah. There's a lot of mass shootings in general, bro. And um, yeah, man. No, too much. I, I, you're, you're right. And I, I think that's like one of the, the next questions of like, who the next president will be, you know, in the coming 2024. At this point, it's like the GOP is wrapping up on their, on their end, which is literally Trump and Nikki Haley. Now that DeSantis has dropped out, that's it. That's the, it's one of those two guys. And then we have Biden, which they didn't run a primary election for the Democrats, which I think is unfair because it's not democratic to not perform that primary election, even though you're the president. Uh, I, I think that's, one of the issues, because I know that, you know, statistically and even in polls, not a lot of people are fond of Biden, but it's kind of questionable now where where are we as Democrats trying to find uh, that form of, you know, who's, who's going to be a leader? Because I don't think that Biden is doing it so great. And the polls say, say the same thing. So it's it, it's really kind of like our country is at a, 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 at a pinnacle moment where we're like, we're not really sure who the fucking good leader is anyways. Is, is anybody have good leadership anymore? And what does that fucking look like? So. It's, it's also crazy how time goes fast. Um, I can't believe it's been four years since Biden's been in the... Like, wow, it goes fast, man. Jesus. <laughs> You're right. I can't believe it. And then I cannot believe this motherfucker Trump is running again. I, 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 wow, it's been four years and he's back. Well, he, well I think it's crazy because he's going through the whole... The, the court system, as well as he didn't do any campaigning during the primary election. He did none of that. He, he didn't go on stage when there's like all five or six of them were on stage. He didn't do any of that stuff. And that's kind of like what is so far-fetched about our country right now. Like a good majority of people are like, are on his bandwagon already. Yep. And not only are they on his bandwagon, it's like he didn't have to do any fucking advertisement. That is the fucking craziest thing. Like, like, a president rerunning again, you know, a former president rerunning in American history, and he didn't do shit. He's just like, I'm going to run. And everybody doing everything to stop him. And it's like, it doesn't seem like he, he's he's like the juggernaut. He's just blowing through all the walls, you know? Do you, do you think he's going to win? Do you think he's going to win? I think at this point, he looks so much better than Biden. And <laughs> and, and, and and whether he wins or not, it's... it's, it's um, which I think he will at, at, at a good chunk of me. Uh, I would say like 70% of myself thinks it's like, dude, there's like nobody in how our system. It's like, it's not even just the Asian vote or the black vote or the Hispanic vote. It's like, there are a lot of people in the, just the 60% of the white America in itself. It, I, you know, that's really what we're looking at here. You know, where, where they're really getting that vote. And you know, it's creepy and uncanny how we look at the polls. I mean, in the past, the polls were neck and neck with him and Biden, but this time it's it's absurd. 
uh, and I don't, I haven't seen any kind of kind of polling like this before. So I'm like, yeah, he might just get it. And the question is, is he going to set out to do what he said he was going to do? That that's the other thing. And and the other issue that I have with Biden on my end is that he he's campaigning sort of at the moment, but he hasn't really told us what he's going to do. Like out of the whole thing, that and that's the issue I would ask any Democrat or any conservative. Like if you ask, it's like Biden is running again, obviously, but what is he promising the people at this point? What is he promising Asians? What is he promising the, the Black community, the Hispanic community, the Native American community? Like what is he going to do for us this time around? And it can't be just the status quo that I am better than Trump. I, I think that's what a lot of us in our generation we're sitting here wondering. It's like that's not going to work for me this time. And he also didn't give up. He didn't also like give the promises that he said he was going to do. You know, he could have ended student loans, um, but he actually kind of denied everybody and started it back up. Mm -hmm. uh, so to me, it's it, it's a lot of it is uh, also on the DNC and not just on Biden, because, I mean, I've seen a lot of spoofs on the guy and him like mumbling words and just conjumbling that stuff. But I think a lot of the DNC has also been running defense for him for as long as he can. And, you know, I, I hate to say it, but like a lot of America does not like Kamala Harris and they don't want to have a oops accident and her to become president. I f and I honestly feel that way. I don't I, I don't like Kamala Harris and I wouldn't want her to be our president either. And I wouldn't want her to be president just because something happened to Biden on, his, on you know, his health or something like that, you know. For and that's sure, what makes, and that's what you know when I when we say like what's scary about our future is like once again it's these oligarchs these oligarchs that are still running our country, like these are the mm -hmm. same people that have been in office for sixty years, fifty years, and like how much change have you done for us? Mm -hmm. So that, that's sure. that's kind of why it's like I don't have a party affiliation through you know all the conversations I've had. I mean I'm I'm kind of like um, I I feel like I I'm like. You know, that one comedian where it's like, I just want things to work. Um, if you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and, and, and I think that's what a lot of uh, us as America wants, wants it to do. Because, you know, we talked about border issues. We talked about uh, abortion issues. We talked about health care. And at every single time things came back, it's just like, what did uh, like what did we, this administration do and how are they going about combating this and i i just don't feel like you know they're really addressing it. i feel like they're constantly just dangling that carrot in front of us that's crazy man and and that's for me it's like that's why we, we do we podcast i bitch and complain on this because it's my outlet it's how i vent and it's also you know like i, I also feel like you know that's how a lot of us americans feel yeah and i feel like police brutality still has to be fixed like, I mean, this is a very touchy subject too. Though, you know, police brutality. And oh, you you know, you know, not just police uh, police brutality, but even on the lines of being a police officer. You know, during this period of time, a lot of people is like a conversation that many don't have. It's that like lots of police officers quit. Yeah, man. What's the incentive of being a cop at this point, too? I mean, just just between you and me, you know, it, it's like we talk about brutality, but it's like. You know, let's let, if you flip it around, it's like, would you want to be a cop? Like, what's the incentive? The the community hates you. Um, you know, you're, you know, like it's hard to find trust. And then it's like, why? And it's like, how do you bridge that gap of like, well, if you call nine one one, you know, it's going to be twenty three minutes before they show up or something, right? Yeah, 
And one thing I always question about this country is <clears throat> with the trillions and trillions and billions of taxes we pay for them. And with all the school shootings that, that has happened in these last couple of decades, you would think we would have at least three, four cops in every school, marriage, garden, every motherfucking school, at least two, at least one. And like every time these school shootings happen, the responders are always too late. Of course it's too late. Of course. Yeah. And I was like, that really fucks me up because like, damn, dog, like, I don't know this money to be paid, man. What's up, man? Like, we can't get cops in the fucking school. Are you serious right now? And, that, and that's why I think you're right. I mean, like, police police reform needs to be had. There has to be a new way of how we look at policing. Mm. You know, it's like, you're what you're saying is, you know, solutions right there. It's like, how come we're not having, like, two or three or four police officers there? And we should really be looking at that as a city hall issue, a community issue. It's like, how do we promote, you know, safety in our neighborhoods if, you know, if we're all we have is nothing but hate? Every school, I think, there needs to be at least three, man, in the front, in the, in the inside the campus, just letting the presence be known. I mean, like, it's really sad, dude. Um, you know, when, when school students happen, especially working in the youth, it's probably, like, the lowest of the low in America. Like, that's when we look super bad like, when these things happen, man. For real, for real. Yeah. It's really innocent, like, kindergarteners. And in a spiritual sense, I always take it back to the spiritual side of things. Like, I think that the evil is working, and I think the evil's presence is overtaking the country. I don't know what we gotta do to combat that. Everybody gotta stay played up. I don't know what your religion might believe in, but I need to think of your source that there is an evil. There's evil out here, man. Yeah. I can't deny that, dude. It's evil out here. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, with that type of evil, I always try to remind people, you got to stay vigilant. You just got to stay vigilant. You know, be aware of, be aware, aware of your surroundings and where you go. Um, about, yeah, yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, uh, you're actually breaking up on me a second ago. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. When I go to a public place, whether it's Disneyland, the movies, whether it's the mall, Walmart, Kmart, gas station, I'm always vigilant. And what I mean is, in any minute, James, we need to be prepared that it will go down. Right? Yeah. We need to be prepared every day that it may go down right now. Where the fuck is the exit if it goes down right now? Okay? You're at, you're at the cereal aisle in Walmart, and a, school, and a shooting happens at, at the aisle next to you. You better be prepared, bro. Like, 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 you gotta just be prepared every moment. And it's sad because why do we gotta walk around like that? You know what I'm saying? I don't know, dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 you know what? I just look forward to our podcast and how we are going to help everybody, you know, unpack and unravel that as the year, as this year unfolds. And I look forward to sharing that with you too on, on our next episode, you know, when you come on back and, and vice versa. Man, thank you, James. Um, is there is there anything you want to do a shout out or, or say before we go to grinds my gears uh, about your new album? Yo, man, I want to give shout out to everybody who's just tuning every podcast from season one all the way to season one, and all my all my guests that knows and brave enough to share their stories. 
Um, I want to say thanks to everybody that's still supporting my shows, everybody still streaming the albums, and everybody streaming the music video. So thank you guys, man. It means a lot for the industry. All right. And I'll, I'll put all the other links in the comments uh, uh, in, in our description and stuff like that. So you can check it out from there. And with that being said, jump, hit it. All right, guys, uh, things that grind my gear. So happy 2024 and all the bullshit things that happened in 2023. I am so happy that it's over. Uh, I'm also looking forward to some of the new things that I'll be talking to shortly. But the first thing that I wanted to talk about that grinds my gears was just earlier this week, uh, there were some thieves that like ended up going into Oakland Lake Merritt Garden and they stole a bunch of bonsai trees. And I'm just, I'm just tired of hearing the local you know, thievery that happens, but the fact that we're stealing little mini trees that are like worth three, four, five thousand dollars in uh bonsai trees is just really sad. And I hope that you know our fans are you know staying safe and you know still going out and uh you know supporting that the Oakland Lake Merritt Garden, you know, that that you know go out and check out the, the bonsai trees and stuff like that, whatever is there, but support them. And whatever don uh, funding and donations, you know, in your administ you know, admission, please do that. But it grinds my gears that, you know, like the lawlessness that happens in Oakland continue to happen. Um, wow. uh, the other thing that grinds my gears, um, you know, is this whole uh, political scheme that we have with Donald Trump and, you know, Ron DeSantis dropping out, Vivek, you know, Ramaswali dropping out. Um, I'm a little disappointed and it grinds my gears because I was really hoping that, you know, Ron would run a little longer. He was doing a lot better than Nikki Haley. But at this point, the thing that grinds my gears is that, you know, Trump is actually getting, getting, getting win, but it's disturbing on the end of how we cover him at this point, because I think a lot of people are forgotten or, you know, don't remember or they're, or what CNN is putting out or MSNBC is putting out or Fox. It's like, we're putting all this weird hate and there's a lot of distraction and disarray in the news right now because of other calamities around the world. It grinds my gears because we're not really able to have a really good description about Trump as well as Joe Biden and how they would actually handle our, our country. There's nothing substantive about what they're going to do to actually take care. The only thing I've heard Trump saying was that he's going to be a dictator on day one and that he's going to end the war in Ukraine. He's going to stop the Israeli uh, and, and Gaza thing all in like 24 hours. I think that's preposterous and bullshit, but it's it's not even like there is an excuse for you to be a dictator on the day one. I think that if you're a great, a great negotiator like he says he is, then he should fucking show us what great negotiating skills mean. And I don't mean it just in one day. I'll give you a fucking week if you can fucking stop everything. And so that's the other thing that grinds my gears. Um Another thing that grinds my gears was something I, I saw the other day, which was uh, Joy Reid and a, a mother from a conservative where they're talking about uh, book banning. And once again, for me, it's like I, as a former school teacher, it's not that I have anything against, you know, books being read by kids in whatever type of uh, sensory or censorship about what they want to read. It's up to them. They can go and check that out at a library. But on the end of like school grounds, I think that there's a reason why certain censorship needs to happen for kids in elementary in grammar school versus kids in middle school and high school. I mean, that's that's the whole thing why we have PG-13 and, you know, PG or G that that we those ratings that we go by. I'm not referring to book bannings, but I don't think that, you know, if you want to read a book, you can still get it at the library. But if you wanted it at the school, 
and it's uh, explicit. If you know, uh, if you know what I'm talking about from the Joy Reid interview, I just clearly think that you know the that she was disengaged in her report, and she's not really understanding what it is to be a parent that's raising a five year old to a ten year old kid. I think those are things that some parents don't need to know that you know that um, a particular book is telling kids that they're getting raped by a dildo. So I, I don't think kids need even need to know what that that is, but that's just my my perspective. And it grinds my gears that, you know, that we have to have these types of weird discussions in our society. So that being said, um, Marlon, I'm going to pass this back to you, brother. Um, what grinds your gears this month? Marlon? Hey, Marlon, you're on mute. Can you hear me now? Yeah. All right. So I'll, uh, I I can clip that part. So, Marlon, back to you. What's uh, What grinds your gears this uh, this month or this week yeah, for your podcast? What grinds my gears? Well, I there's nothing in my podcast that really grinds my gears, but just I feel like one of the things that does irritate me is just dealing with people who are lazy, you know? Um, I feel like it's kind of like a sense of entitlement a little bit of not working hard and coming up with excuses. Um, another thing that grinds my gears, I feel like in this, in this music industry, we definitely propel the artists who has negative messages towards the kids, like glorifying guns, drugs. Um, and the artists with, with a conscious message for the youth and a message for the world that has a positive positive tone to it we don't get a lot of exposure from the mainstream you know we get kind of like we a lot of people are trying to silence us those with substance you know um last but not the least i just think the sense of entitlement in this new gener generation dog thinking that they don't gotta pay dues i kind of blame us a little bit because maybe there's not enough there's not enough leaders there's not enough leaders to like guide them. Maybe, maybe we, we failed to guide the youth. So those are the things that grasp my gears for sure. Yeah. Right on dude. Okay. Well, things that I like in my review this month. Um, one of the first things uh, that caught myself on the news was this guy that I followed throughout 2023, who was a complete idiot who went to Japan. His name was Johnny Somali, where that was the, his, as a, TikTok name Johnny Somali and he went around going to Japan um, and saying that he was an influencer and just doing wreaking havoc around Japan and saying really mean things to the, uh, the locals. I don't know if you knew that story, Marlon. Mm, uh, I heard about that. He got arrested and spent a month in Japan uh, in prison in uh, in Japan and then they let him out and charged him like a twenty five hundred dollar fee, which doubled because of other things. Um, and then he had fled. Uh, he'd fled to Thailand and then he came back to Japan and they 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 rung him up again. So I, I hope that this guy will learn his mistakes. But I mean, the fact that he spent a month in, in, in Japan, you know, jail is already good enough for me. I felt like, you know, I, I'm not saying it, it puts stripes to make him harder, but I'm like, I, it surely made him different. I'm quite sure, but he's still out doing that kind of stuff. And I think that's, it's a, it's a very dangerous path to go on, but I am happy that he did get some of the punishment that he'd so deserved. Uh, the next thing I wanted to say is uh, 
So last month in December, I didn't shoot an episode uh, except with Steve uh, Lee, who's on tour in America, and he came back from Hong Kong. Um, and shout out to Steve Lee again, and congrats to him out there uh, being on the... Um, he had done another doc, but uh, congrats to that guy. Yeah, I really enjoyed hanging out with him. And right around that time, I celebrated my birthday by getting a tattoo. Um, it's healed up now, and I'm pretty happy about it. I got one with my younger brother, um, which it's kind of a duplication or an opposite of the foo lions uh, that hang out in front of, a, a, you know, the temples. My brother has one on his right side, and I ended up picking up one on my left side. So I was... It took a little bit of healing, but it, it came out really well, and uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I didn't know if you could see this, Marlon. Mm. Uh, so oh, it's, wow. Yeah, so I ended up getting that. Super um, sick. I, I want to do a shout-out to Hard Luck Tattoo, uh, uh, to Bao, who is my tattoo tattoo artist out in Lodi. So I want to do a shout-out to that guy. He... he did like half five and a half hours with me and i just thought the guy was absolutely a great uh conversationalist and i look forward to doing a podcast with him soon on my next my next tattoo with that guy good shit james so those are things that i liked and and uh and, you know i and the next thing that i want to say is like the the third thing i like is thank you marlon for you know being my first guest of the year i appreciate oh, you know you so just catching up with you bro and um looking forward to your your new album coming out and i i wish you best of luck on everything on your podcast so i appreciate you bro thank you james so pass it off to you about things that you like this month or, or uh your your review and i'll let you take us home things i do like this month man i got i got an album coming out called the hero doesn't win um i'm really proud about it we got videos coming out we got shows lined up for the next two three months um one of the other things I like about the podcast is I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm, I'm on season 10, you know, pretty much. Yeah, I'm sorry. Congrats, bro. Thank you. Um, I'm very proud of my consistency and, and I'm, 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 I'm surprised how much I got done by myself, which is really like a testament to like, you know, sometimes if, if you don't choose the right people, it will slow you down. But if you do choose the right people, it will only speed you up. But there's some things that got that you gotta do alone, you know. That's how you discover yourself. That's how you discover what you're capable of when you, when you don't lean on anybody but you. Um, last but not the least, man. Um, <clears throat> I'm really grateful that I got to spend holiday with the family. So I, I'm really proud of myself for that, and I, I, I'm I'm super aware that this life is short and it can be taken away drastically. So I'm enjoying every moment that I'm healthy and alive because at the end of the day, all that really matters is what I'm finding out is all that really matters is good health and family. That's that's really like like you can't buy that. You know, you gotta earn that. So, you know, I'm really proud that I'm really thankful to God that if the little things, man, it's the little things in life that we take for granted that I'm really I'm really thanking him every day for just waking up alive, healthy, and my family members are still alive, man. Go on. I would like to thank you guys for tuning in to Atomic Zero. I love y'all. Thanks, Marlon. I appreciate you. I, I appreciate you, James. M mad respect. And I wish you nothing but prosperity for 2024, bro. Same here, man. I, I wish you as much power and wisdom that comes along being a dragon for this year. Much success. All right. Thank you, James. And we're out. One love.